You said we're gonna do something to your brain. Hello and welcome to Dead Air 24. This time we're talking about questions and answers. Uh, the traitors. An American nightmare. And some other stuff, I suppose. Yeah? Yeah. What else? Um, Dr. Death 2. Books we like. This is Christina. I'm George. We're married. So... <laughs> Yeah. So go on. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. Mm. Are we recording? What's going on? Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been kind of... Well, I've been kind of ill. You've been all right. Yeah, I'm starting to get a little... It's hard for me to tell because I have year-round sinus problems. You know, uh, usually like fall to winter, it goes from like... <laughs> the sinus problems. <laughs> um, yeah, like the moment that the pollen allergies end, the dust ones begin, so... I'm a, it's hard for me to tell, but yeah, I'm getting a little bit, but you were not great. No, there. I was okay. But yeah, you always say that. You're I was like, old enough, I was good enough to, be, uh, to go fine. to school. I'll be fine, I'm good. I'm going to go take a nap, like six hours later. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I think it was one day I slept for like 14 hours. Yeah, oh. well, that's probably what you should do when you're sick, so. <clears throat> yeah, but I was only very lightly sick. Yeah, well again, you always say that. I guess the only time I've seen you like really sick. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, <laughs> like after we'd first gotten together, uh, I think shortly after we got married, um, you hadn't been here for very long and you got like so deathly sick for like, like three weeks, wasn't it? I think it was a bit before, but yeah. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when it was, but that was, that was something. I was really ill, huh? Yeah, yeah. bad, yeah. Yeah, what, what do you think it was? Flu? Probably. Yeah. Maybe like a flu that you just never been exposed to, you know. Um, I don't know, but it was it was rough. It was flu derived from walking home from the pub in <laughs> the cold weather. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was something. Yeah. You was, were so uh, miserable. I was really ill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, it was awful. And I seem to remember talking about it before, um, like you know, just just the sort of illness where you're like, oh, I just have no energy. And I just watched like the entirety of The Walking Dead, mm -hmm. and it it's like by about season five, it started to become like a fever dream. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even make any sort of assessment on The Walking Dead now. I hate it because I associate it with being ill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd come home from work and you'd be like wrapped up in blankets, like a an Eskimo or something. But you're like sweating and yeah, poor thing. So. That's the most sick I've ever seen you, ever, but... Yeah. You had swine flu once. Uh, I, I did have swine flu years ago, yeah. 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 I was hospitalized for it. Yeah. I've never been hospitalized for anything like yeah. that. Yeah. They told me if I hadn't gone to the hospital, I would have died. Because I have asthma, so... Um, yeah, like, I, like, had to be, like, partially carried into the emergency room because... Into I couldn't, I couldn't, like, take steps without, like, I'm gonna die, you know? So, yeah, that was, that was something. Because I tried to leave because I didn't have health insurance. I was like, I'm not paying for this. I don't have any money, I gotta go. And yeah, a very kindly doctor sat me down and said, if you leave, you're probably gonna die tonight. So stay overnight. So I did. Yeah, that was something. And you're still The amount of IVs in me, man. Like, I couldn't move my arms. They were like this, because they had like, mul I don't know what all that shit was, but... I suppose that's probably the fluid, most, you know, most sick I've ever been, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, if they, yes, if you were gonna die, yeah, I'd say that's... Yeah, that's pretty Way bad. more sick than I've ever been. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so what happened with that then? Did they, um, did you get a bill? Oh yeah, yeah, it was like, 
This was... Um, How much was it? Oh, God, let me think. This would have been, like, 20 years ago. Um, Back it, when you were was... in your 30s. <laughs> You're so clever. I'm old. Um, it was, like, $10,000 for, like, two nights in the hospital or something like that. So... But, and you paid that back, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Mm. No, but I mean, you know, that doctor had a fair point. Like, he, I mean, he pretty much told me, like, don't worry about that. You know, would you rather have some debt and it'll eventually go away? Yeah. Or would you rather be dead? And I was like, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. So. Do you want to tell them about that staph infection? Oh, God, that was, all right, it's a bit disgusting. Well, um, I didn't mean about that. I meant about... Because you didn't have elf insurance yeah. with that. Sure, um, sure. It's a, not a pleasant memory. Oh, you but, don't have to tell them about. Well, briefly. Um, yeah, I was working in retail at the time. Uh, this is when I first went back to college in my early twenties, and um, I was working at a Goodwill, um, and I got like scratched, like kind of, like near the armpit breast area over here. Um, and I guess it had bacteria or something on it, like went through my clothes and scratched me. It didn't seem like a big deal. What, what scratched you? Um, it was a, a clothing rack, like that clothes hang on, you know what I mean? And you push them around and stuff and they're just everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in like a week I started noticing like it was red, it was really swollen. I was like, well, this again, didn't have health insurance. Um, so this will go away. Um, and I think it was like two weeks or so. Um, later where I had like a, basically an abscess about the size of like a tennis ball um, in that area and it was so incredibly painful and I started noticing that if I'd get a scratch like somewhere else in my body um, that like bled you know because these things could happen all the time um, there was like green stuff coming out of it so that's when I went to the hospital uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I didn't have insurance. They were like, yeah, it's abscess. We're going to have to cut it open, drain it, and, like, scrape the inside of it to make sure we get all the bacteria out. And then we'll, like, pack it with gauze and give you an antibiotic and then go home and you'll have to pull the gauze out later. Um, and, yeah, uh, long story short, yeah, like, no anesthetic or anything. Like, they just came in and they were like, okay, we're going to cut it now. I'm like, you're not going to, like, 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 numb it or anything? And they were like, do you want us to? I was like, well, well yeah. how much does that cost? And they were like, it's expensive, and it'll only really take the pain down a little bit. So I was like, okay, just go for it. So, yeah, I was, like, kind of, like, hold, like, gripping, like, this table next to me while they cut it open, and I could feel, like, this hot goo, like, dripping down the side of my body. It was pretty bad. Uh, and, yeah, they, um, pretty painful. Yeah. Like, I had to pull it open, do you know what I mean, the hole, and then scrape the inside of it. And then they packed it with gauze. And I can't remember how many weeks later I had to pull it out. And I almost passed out in my bathroom pulling out this, like, long string of gauze from inside my body. Didn't you say that the doctor who did it for you, didn't you say he said something about, like, it was wrong that you couldn't get anesthetic or something? I thought you um, said the doctor was, like, clearly disgusted that they couldn't treat you properly. Um, because you didn't have the money. I mean, the, no, he didn't really say anything, but, like, he was, like, making a weird face that made me think, like, he thought that this wasn't really cool either. I don't know, but you might be thinking of, um, like, a couple years later, I met someone else who had 
pretty much the exact same thing, a staph infection. It was on their back and it had they had like a massive abscess too. So that they put him to sleep, like put him under general anesthetic while they did it. So he didn't feel anything. He was like, I had really good insurance. So America. Um, so yeah, I hope you weren't eating during that. <laughs> so those are probably the two like worst. <coughs> Um, Eating like a jelly goose surprise. Related things, yeah. My two worst hospitalizations, yeah. Um, the only ones were actually that one. I didn't say overnight either. They did it, and then I just went they were home. like, "Get the fuck out." Um, kind of, yeah. Um, and I don't remember what the bill for that one was. I think I just threw it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something I can't afford. That's for sure. Cool. Well, so, yeah. Getting off to a nice start then. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, somebody said before they want to hear more stories, so I guess... That's a good story. Yeah, That's go. appalling. Yeah. I've only ever been hospitalised once when I was 14. I broke my my left arm. How did you do that again? I was running um, in PE. Mm-hmm. You know, PE. Physical yeah, ed. we call it that too. You yeah. do? Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sports. I was running and um, going around the track and someone accidentally just ran in, in front of me and I slipped mm-hmm. and broke my arm and it went like that like it was, it was actually like fractured in three places and like seriously when I saw it yeah it didn't hurt and then when I saw it I went ah and yeah I probably went into a bit of shock I imagine seeing it um but you know they they were really good um paramedics were great you yeah. know I had a great time paramedics came and were like this is like drinking five pints of beer not that you'd know anything about that and then I'm there like <laughs> like talking with them and um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember the the hospital was slightly understaffed, and um, they had to put a cast on my arm while it was still like that Mm -hmm. before I went into surgery, where they would break it back and put it back. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they were slightly understaffed, so I had to hold my own arm up while Mm. she did it. But that was nothing. Yeah. Like, compared to that. I mean, that sounds pretty horrific, though. Like, seeing that, I would be like, you know. If it were like bent like that, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't had like serious bone breaks. It was just that one from the car accident years ago, which wasn't that bad. It was just this bone in my hand. Uh, 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 driving for work when I worked at Taco Bell and had to go to a different location to work there for the night, um, which they told me after I arrived for my shift. Um, well, I was a manager, so they would like send you places. I was like, it was like, um, like 19 and, uh... We've got a crisis. We need to send you to Germany. Yeah, it was Lebanon, Indiana. Actually. <laughs> Lebanon, Indiana. Yeah, that's right. Fucking hilarious. Um, and a, a truck in front of me, like, it there was like really bad traffic on this long stretch of road, and it was evening, and the sun was like right in front of us, and somebody further down the line like slammed their brakes. And then, like, everybody slammed their brakes, and we were all pretty close. My bad, should have had two cars distance, even in traffic. And um, hit a truck in front of me, um, and it, like, crumpled the front of my car. And when it happened, um, I guess, I don't really remember, because I, like, blacked out from the airbag, I guess. Um, My hands went, like, forward from the impact, Mm. and I cracked this on the dashboard, and it split this bone down the middle. Um, It really wasn't that painful, to be honest. I wasn't going to go to the hospital. Uh, an ambulance arrived. The guys who I hit were, like, super nice. The, yeah. I woke up to these two, like, middle-aged dudes, like, prying the door open of my car. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, so nice. Yeah. And, like, yelling to the paramedics. Look for the people looking. It wasn't helping. her fault. It wasn't Talking her out. fault. You know, like, wherever you are. It was very sweet to a, 
a young girl, basically a teenager. Um, but yeah, the, the ambulance came and, um, yeah, I had insurance at that time, I think, from Taco Bell, but it was like really shitty. It wouldn't cover anything. So they were like, do you want to get go a couple of Supremes for free? <laughs> get a free Crunchwrap Supreme. No, you had to buy your own food there. Um, 50% discount up to two tacos. Um, in so, <laughs> uh, the, the ambulance, they were like really nice, the paramedics and were like, yeah, well, do you want to go to the hospital? I mean, you know, you seem like you're not really in that much pain. I mean, I was definitely in shock, but it really didn't hurt that bad. Yeah. It was kind of numb. You know what I mean? And I was like, I think I might be okay. Yeah. Um, hey, can I just say that's unbelievable. Like, <laughs> so you were in a car crash, you cracked your hand and you blacked out mm. and then a medical professional was like, do you want to go to hospital? Yeah. Well, like, I think that, the, I it think shouldn't be up to you that. now. No, I know, but I'm glad they asked, you, well, know, yeah. you know, expensive there. And yeah, I asked like, you know, well, how much does the ambulance ride cost from here to Riverview hospital? Um, and they were like, I, we don't know. It could be like 400 to a thousand dollars. And I was like, no, I'll just wait. And my mom came uh, and picked me up and she decided I should go to the hospital, took me there. We were waiting for like hours. Um, and we almost left cause I was like, oh, I'm not waiting here anymore. Like I got to work in the morning. Um, and then finally got me in and yeah, x-rayed and it was broken. So got a cast and, and then lost my insurance from Taco Bell, like right after that. So then I cut the cast off with, um, wire cutters when I felt that it was probably long enough, I guess. So got a lot of stories about the medical system and poor insurance. Yeah. 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 But, but it really did not hurt that bad. Like I seriously almost did not go, but sometimes if it's like a rainy day, I'll get pain here. So I used to get something similar in my arm, uh, right where I broke it. Yeah. There. Right. Like, and, I, and yeah, like doing that, I can actually feel it mm -hmm. where, where I broke it. Yeah. Can you feel like a little, um, like almost like calcium deposit, like over. You want to feel area? it. You can, you can. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've ever really noticed. Oh yeah, I see. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then if you compare like my little... other arm, mm -hmm. yeah, but it, yeah, it, it, it used to vaguely ache mm. when the when the I think when the weather pressure the air pressure mm -hmm. would change, but it doesn't. It hasn't done that for years. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your only hospitalization? Yeah, I, but I was. I mean, I was 14 and I was in a cast for like. Um, six weeks, which apparently is quite long mm -hmm. for a 14-year-old. It was quite a bad break. But whilst being, some, like whilst being, you know, it's, it was a bad break, but it wasn't like I had to have like a, you know, metal plate or anything. Yeah. But they had to, they had to like set it. Right? They had to, yeah, they had to, I had to be operated on, they had to break it again. Break right. it back. Yeah, to make sure it healed properly in the yeah. right place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty bad. And the, you know, the, I went to Chesterfield Hospital, um, and the staff were great. Yeah, cool. You know, they were really good. Yeah. Everyone was really nice. Yeah. So. That's cool. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tiny, tiny little thing I just remembered there as well. I remember the first day I was there in the hospital, because I was there for like four days. Mm -hmm. um, I was obviously in the children's ward, and the kid next to me, um, I think he arrived after me, and it looked like he'd been in some sort of car crash. Mm -hmm. And... I guess he, he was probably like my age, maybe a tiny bit older. I think he'd stolen a car because mm -hmm. the police came to tell him. Now, here's some advice for some police. When you go to a hospital ward and you want to talk to someone, closing the curtains around them doesn't mean no one else can hear you. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Why, what were they saying? They were asking, just asking him questions, you know, just yeah. normal stuff. They weren't like being nasty or anything. They were just yeah. like, 
but like they they pull the you know the curtain around him for privacy. Uh, we're like, yo, did you steal this car? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You can hear every word. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yo, did you steal this car, <laughs> bitch? <laughs> yo, are we the British popo. Don't say funny things when I'm drinking tea. <laughs> I didn't. That's what they said. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. now that's the only time I've been hospitalized. Okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, I've spent time in hospital. Like out of hospital, but... Yeah, but not like overnight, overnight, apart from that, I don't think. Yeah, right, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Is there anything else to say about hospitalization, being ill? No. Yeah. I'm glad you're feeling okay. I can still hear it in your voice. Yeah, you can definitely hear it on the Mostly Dangerous video. Yeah, which will come out Friday. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Woof pigs! <laughs> Movement. Um, yeah, so, well, what's the first thing? Um, yeah, I was just gonna mention about being snowed in. Oh, yeah. Kentucky, yeah. Um, I had some nasty weather going through for a while, I guess. They got it much worse up north, it looks like, but, mm. yeah, Kentucky is definitely funny because, yeah, we've lived here for what? I guess it'll be two years in April. Um, mm. yeah, right. And but not in this property, no, Sporty, um, yeah, yeah. This like, more, not even like eight, a yeah. year and a half or something here. Um, yeah, we got some snow. Like I don't know, what did you say? Like like five inches or something? I think not it's a between lot. five and six. Yeah, not a lot. You know, f compared to what I've seen up in Indiana before. Um, but because there are so many like cliffs and stuff here that roads go around, um, like I was told, like when we first moved down here by my mom and my sister, who were like, yeah, if they even like say it might snow tomorrow, like, school's closed, because the roads are too dangerous. And I remember thinking, like, well, but surely, you know, then they put salt down and plow, and everything's mm -hmm. fine, right? Um, well, apparently, they just don't do that here. I mean, I'm sure the main roads have been plowed, but... Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's been, like, a week since yeah, but we first got snow, and yeah. nobody's been on this road. It's It's just ice. <laughs> but it's the same thing as, as Britain, isn't it, where they don't really get enough snow mm. to just well in their minds to justify the expense mm. of having uh the mm. infrastructure to deal with it like in indiana they would deal with it straight yeah. away yeah well mean, in indianapolis yes yes indianapolis um, yeah like northern indiana wasn't really like that you know if you're in indiana if you're if you're in a rural area like good luck having them plowed at all unless it's like a main highway but indianapolis was really good about it like if they found out there was snow coming the next day they'd have, like, salt trucks out, like, all night long. Yeah. Um, putting stuff down. And I do understand, like, there's, like, a million people in that city, so... Yeah. You know, and it's... Downtown, especially, is, like, quite dense. So if there's an accident, you know, it could probably have a big impact on multiple vehicles and businesses, of course. So, <laughs> yeah. But it has been interesting. Um, yeah, very cold. Today especially. Today and tomorrow. Yeah, so we're snowed in by a pitiful amount of snow. Yeah, yeah, that's the joke there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting. Probably not helping with the, you know, illness and stuff. This, like, frigid, dry air moving in. But, yeah. 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 Oh, it's interesting having snow on the ground now. We can see paw prints from the aggressive dog across the street where he apparently, uh, you know, it still roams free. If anybody's been following the saga of the husky yeah. across the street. Um where he, you know, you can just see where he's walked straight through our yard from his driveway and walked up to our front door on our yeah. porch. Yes. 
Um, because our dog doesn't use the front door at all, so. I mean, now our dog really does not go outside without a lead. Yeah, because, um, yeah, because of that dog. I don't really feel comfortable Yeah. letting him off to run and play. Um, because at least if the dog attacks him when he's on the lead, you know, we can maybe get to him. You know, he'll be nearby versus running, you know, 40 miles an hour around the yard, um, yelping with another dog at you know, latched onto his leg and we can't catch them, you know, so. Boatload of foam, that's still a problem, but whatever, we won't live here forever, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. what else to say about that. Yeah, I don't know what else to say, just... You know, I mean, as we said, it's not the dog's fault, but... No, not the dog's fault. You know, it, it, if, it, if it attacks my dog or attacks me, you know, the dog's going to be the one that pays for it, and yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, as we lazy said cowards. Be, yeah, as we said before the when we talked to the authorities about it before the last time that our dog was attacked, the third time um, in our own yard, just playing like a good boy. Um, they told us basically there's nothing we could do about it unless one of us gets bitten, and then he could take the dog away. But it'll probably just end up back with the owner in like two weeks. Yeah, the, um, both the police and the dispatcher said just shoot it. Yeah, they told us, they just reminded, you know, just want to remind you, you know, you have every right to shoot it and kill it if it is in your yard. Like, okay. Um, so that's another 150-pound mammal I've got to kill. <laughs> yeah, just, those neighbors. God, yesterday when um, you were in the last... Welcome to the moaning podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, go on. When you were, George was at his desk um, on the final stretch of editing the video that goes up Friday. Um, and I was at my desk doing research for the first bizarre summary we're doing. Um, and I kept, you had your headphones on, but I was like, I'm sitting like close to the door at my desk. And I just kept hearing like, vroom, and a couple minutes later, vroom, like what the fuck is going on out there? Um, the neighbor with the violent dog, um, riding a golf cart, pulling a child on a sled down the road. Down the road, not down there. The middle of the street. Don't... They were coming down their driveway and then in the road, middle of the road, and then up into the driveway of their other house on the property, and just doing a loop for like an hour. Yeah. And the dangerous dog was just following behind them. I think it's worth saying as well, um, I don't know if this is interesting to people, but this, it, yeah, I before know. I lived in America, this would be interesting to me, because I'd listen to that and assume like, yeah, yeah, you know, you live in rural Kentucky rednecks. Mm. But it's just like a million dollar property. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it is. It's 13 acres. It, it, There's it's three houses on it's it. It's definitely not going to be a million dollars in Kentucky, and especially where we're located, but probably, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a big barn. It's like a massive property in the back, it looks like. It's definitely going to be like a few hundred thousand. They're not even multiple, from Kentucky. They're from vehicles. California. Yeah, they're from California. Yeah. You know, they're... They moved here. Yeah. To be away from the crazy people. Um, you know. Yeah. Is that what they said? <laughs> they, if you recall, they were talking about they had to get out of California because everybody's nuts out there. Was that before or after that he, was, um, he said about going on Google Earth? That was and... before. Yes, about how if you go on Google Earth, um, you can find cameras that are pointed toward the moon and you can see cities made of crystal on the moon. If you zoom in enough. If you zoom in enough. Dead seriously, yeah. He's also the guy who said that there are 52 states in America, so... Who's also going to marry a billionaireess, remember? Yes, I, I do remember that, yes. Who he, he met going... dumpster diving. Yeah, yeah, what a... <sighs> yeah. 
I don't even know what else to say. Well, at least, they're, at least they don't say anything. You know, at least they don't come over. Yeah, at least they don't come over anymore. anymore. Knocking on the door. We're oh, sorry about the dog. I'm sorry that my dog bit yours. Here are some moldy onions I took out of a dumpster. As she a never said sorry. No, she never said sorry, but she did give us a bag of moldy onions. Like, we were supposed to be like, thanks. Yeah, they, they think that because we don't have a car, and we're not like going anywhere that we don't work, and we just live here magically. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. We don't have a car. Well, my mom... Is helping us out with that. My mom takes us, takes me to the store like once a week. Yeah, but we don't. In, in Indianapolis, we had no need for a car. Yeah. Um, because it was family dollar right there with everything you'd ever need. You can walk anywhere you need to. Everything's a mile away. You know. Um, so, but we're working on that. And uh, yeah, I think that um, that might be the case. People think because we told them we work from home as well, and I get the sense that like there are people who think that means that we're just like hanging out all day long and. Because then she would, like, text us and be like, can you come help me unload some hay off the back of this truck? Like, bales of hay at, like, 1 o'clock, like, right now? No. Yeah. I'm I mean, working. What are you talking about? I helped her once out and... Yeah, that's your mistake. Well, yeah, but I did yeah. say to her, like, yeah, just, but let me know. Yeah, you said, you, I'll help you, you know, give me advance notice. And just let me know. If you need a little help with something, I'd And that doesn't mean help. five minutes. Like, yeah. I am actually doing shit. Yes. Um, Believe it or not. Yeah, Sometimes. believe it or not. Um, and that was before the multiple dog biting incidences, so now we just... Now it's no context. Ignore them completely, yes. Um, As they do us, so... Yeah, I'm fine with that. You stay over there, and we'll stay over here, and that's fine. Fucking, can you come over right now and unload this bale of hay in the middle of the day on a weekday? Like, we're just chilling, doing nothing, you know. Oh, what was I going to say? Um... The most annoying thing about, and we've said this before, but the most annoying thing about when the cop came after the second dog bite. After the third one. Third one, where our mm -hmm. dog was like bleeding and stuff, and we could hear Tracking them arguing. The house. Yeah. We could hear her screaming at the cop from across the street, like, you know, like, I don't know how far that is. We could hear, yeah, like. Over 100 feet. Over 100 sure. feet. We, you, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. We're, we're uh, yeah, overreacting. So great, when I get my car and their dog is going out, running around. Well, it would be wrong of me, wouldn't it, to slow down and put other motorists at risk when that dog runs in front of the wheels of my car, as mm -hmm. I've seen it do multiple times. Yeah. So I wonder if that'll be a big deal. I've seen it chasing the UPS truck, biting the tires of it while it's driving. Chasing the UPS trunk in front of the UPS trunk truck. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, I don't, I, I don't blame the dog. Not the dog's it's fault. Nice dog. It's the same with like kids with behavioral problems. It's never the child's fault. It's the parents' fault. No bad Pokemon. Only bad trainer. Yeah. Bulba Bulba. Bulba. We should watch some more of that soon. We've watched all of it. There's no more to watch. I mean, again. Sorry, yeah. It was charming. Say goodbye to your freedom, Pidgey. The first episode. The first episode. We'll make no bones about this. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so yeah. It's not gotta train them all, is it? Gotta catch them all. Mm, must imprison them all, yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anything um, else? Any any other moans to have? I guess that's most of my pissing and moaning for... Oh, you okay. say that. I wasn't planning on any of that. I said we'll, we'll briefly mention thanks for your well wishes for George being <laughs> ill and we're a bit snowed in and that's a little meh. And then move on and it's been like 20 minutes. And another thing about those people who are the road. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So, move on, I suppose? Yeah. Alright, so... Uh, oh, sorry, let me just 
flip mine. Messed up. Uh, we had some questions. Yeah, last episode we said, anybody have any questions? Let us know. For the beginning of the year. Yes. Um, we did get a few. A few Five foot one. Yeah. A few uh, in the comments of Dead Air, and then a few that were like, like, privately messaged Facebook in various places. Yeah. So. Twitter. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, so let's see what we got here. Uh, what do you think of Britain versus America? In terms of what? what who, who would win in a fight? Uh, well, that's what it says. Who would win in a like completely unarmed, like every American versus every Brit? Probably well, America. I think we know who'd win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, until they get to Barry. Fat and lazy as we are. Um, we got a lot of weapons and anger. So. Yeah, unlike Britain. Us. <laughs> um, what, what's the question? Just what do you think of Britain versus America? Uh, well, I guess, you know, the, my biggest problem with America is what you just said is healthcare. Um, that is the biggest problem, by far. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest problems here too. Um, and the no, de the no desire to, you know, have a non-profit option, I guess. You know, other than you know what we do, Medicare, Medicaid. And there's tens of millions of people in this country who have a desire for that, mm. but they just, you yeah. know, they, I I guess not trying to sound conspiratorial, but the the leadership is sewn up. You know, you can't be a normal person and stand. You need tens of millions of dollars behind you. Healthcare to... is one of the biggest drivers of GDP in America. They're one of the biggest lobbyists in America. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's conspiratorial. You're just talking about vested interests, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's not like someone could be like, right, I've had enough of this, and all my all the people who live around me agree. I'm going to be a councillor, and then I'm going to be a senator. Mm -hmm. And no. then, yeah, or I'm going to be president, and we'll make free health, you know, you know, yep. you know. Universal healthcare now, a national healthcare system. No, it just, you know, it, you can't just do that. Mm, those candidates are crushed. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big problem here, too. Um, I can't um, imagine the amount of, like, just long-term stress that people can have, um, you know, about... Because even if you have insurance, even if you have good insurance, like, you don't really know what necessarily what's going to get covered. You'll just get a bill later and find out how much they charged you. And there, that's a whole other conversation because there's, I was talking about that Mark Cuban funded like study a while back, I think on an episode about um, how you can get like wildly different price quotes like from the same hospital um, for the same procedures, um, depending on like what day you call and whether you look online or call them and all kinds of stuff. Just what a clusterfuck. So I guess that, uh, yeah, American healthcare is like the biggest, like, negative for me. Um, because if you don't have money, you can't get it. Mm. If you do have money, you know, you have insurance, you, you can still be saddled with so much debt. I think it's more than half of people with medical debt already have insurance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I saw that too the other day. Uh, there was an article mm -hmm. in the news about that, yeah. So that by far is the worst thing, but there's a lot of things about America I do like more than Britain. Mm -hmm. I like the layout of the cities way more. Mm -hmm. uh, the cities are way easier to navigate. Um, public transport is shit, but the actual layout of the cities is good. Mm. There's a lot of grid designs. I guess it depends on the city. And not just that, but like wide roads where you could put a tram in, like mm -hmm. they did in Indianapolis. Not tram, but mm -hmm. yeah, a bus and things like that. Um, 
You've said that you like our free speech laws better before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not something I remember particularly well, but there was a, like a Scottish guy who um, taught his dog to do the Nazi salute Mm -hmm. on command, and he got put in jail for it for like a month. The only reason I know about that is because Ricky Gervais made a big fuss about it. This was Mm -hmm. years ago. And there were people still piling on, like, what, are you a Nazi now? And can't just be a joke. It's not a... Yeah, well, even yeah. if he was a Nazi, I mean, like, I don't know, yeah. Well, why... why what's the problem there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't it just be a joke? Okay, and, and if he is really a Nazi, you know, we can shame him, you know. But, yeah, I don't think you should go to jail for that. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, um... So there's that. Five minutes later. Um, so, yeah, the free speech thing, I think it's way easier in Britain to tie up people um, who have said legitimate things, but then you can sue them for defamation, even though you know you're going to lose, but you you wrap them up in legislation, whereas America has anti-slap laws and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was doing that documentary for those people about everything, Mm -hmm. um, they were like really... I mean, the reason it never happened was they were, like, shitting themselves that their clients, banking clients and other stuff, would find out and mm. flush them and that they'd get sued and stuff. And um, I think, yeah, we're way more protected here mm. in terms of free speech. Um, I think, generally, the press here is better. Um, you still get crap tabloids, but in Britain, it, it really feels like almost all of them are that. Mm-hmm. Um and there's actual, you know, there's investigative journalism in, in America, in Britain, but I, I feel like it's actually uh, got a deeper culture here mm-hmm. of investigative journalism sure. here. Yeah. And there's loads of shit here, too. But if you, of sip, course. if you sip through the shit, there's some really good stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah and, you know, as, as, as I think is well documented, I don't think there should be a revolution or anything, but I think the idea of having a fucking king is ridiculous mm-hmm. in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um I think America got it right and France got it right. You know, come on. Like, yeah. I, like I don't want, you know, King Charles to, you know, have his head cut off or anything. Just, just he should die and then Prince William should be like, bless it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's get, you know, let's get modern. Yeah. I get you. Like, I'm going to live off in the country. I'm going to keep this one mansion. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's not like I think the royal family should, like, have their royal title stripped and be like, right, you're going to work in Woolies. Just. Yeah. I get you. Okay. Anything else? Um. No. I don't think so. They're not that different. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Cool. I mean, I can't really respond to that, because, yeah, I mean, it's a question for you. Also, I haven't been to Britain yet, so. Yeah, more guns here. Yeah. Yeah. Mixed feelings about that, because I've definitely been in Britain and watched a lot of people who I think, man, I wish you'd get slotted. Uh-huh. Just like, back. Yeah, but then also, the other side, you know, it's hard to ever, like, I guess, feel like you can have it, like, confront people here about anything, like, people that you don't know, especially, because, at least I feel this way, like, there's, at any time, somebody could pull out a gun and shoot me, you know? Uh, yeah, so I always felt that in Family Dollar. 
Mm-hmm. Like, not me, but just someone could go mental. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there was, it was tense yeah. in Family Dollar often. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, I mean, guns are great if you're the only one with them. Because mm. then you could confront anyone, and, uh, like, th- like wiggle, yeah. wiggling it around. Or they're great if um, nobody is stupid. Or perhaps. everyone's stupid. Then it's really great. You just bled everywhere. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got mixed feelings about gun stuff, too, myself. Maybe so. if they if they made it so, like, everyone in America can have a gun, but guns aren't lethal, they're just cut, cut really painful. It's like, motherfucker, I'm going to shoot were... you. Bang. Ah! I thought, I thought you were going to say we all get dark guns. Everybody just sleeping. Hey, it's all tranquilizers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we all get tranquilized. Yeah. You get like SWAT teams just yeah. putting crowds to sleep. I wonder if you can buy those. I mean, it's America. You probably can. But, yeah, that'd be fun. Instead of going to murder somebody you don't like, trank them and give them a clown face. <laughs> give them a makeover. Tattoo. <laughs> a big I eat barf on their forehead or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, isn't it... Like, I'm a resident. I can buy a gun here. You can buy a gun, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pass a test. No, um, it's I think it's all open carry in Kentucky. You don't even have to get a permit here. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, but is open carry means that I don't have to have it be a citizen. Um, you don't have to be a citizen. No, you're allowed to have a gun as a permanent resident. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked deeply at this, but I think the Any last gun? time you asked me, I looked and I was like, oh yeah, you can. You probably still have to do a background check, unless you, you know, buy it at a gun show or the trunk of somebody's car. But is that legal? Um, buying from private sellers, absolutely. So, just so I understand, so it's legal, if a, if a policeman came around here and were like, oh, you've got a gun there, mm. a handgun, where'd you get it from? And I was like, I can't remember. Bought it from some guy. Yeah, bought, bought it from some guy, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of uh, the problem, like... I'm actually not really against gun ownership here because I can see that it's a different culture and as we've discussed, those mass shootings are, you know, done with AR-15s but the most, or and most, stuff like that. Most shootings are handguns. Or handguns. Yeah, most murder. And you're not going to get rid of them. Yeah. And I just don't see why they don't institute a weapon handling test where every year or two mm-hmm. you've just got to do a basic test, test to show you're not an idiot mm-hmm. and... You know, if you turn you can, up at the you can see and, stuff and if like you that, turn up yeah. at the range and you're going like, mm-hmm. Joyce space lasers. Maybe they should be like, I don't think you should get one this time. Yeah, I mean that's what I think too. I just think it should be regulated. You know? Yeah. Um, what I would call like pretty basic safety measures, but I guess there's there's so much variation by state as well. You know, as with many things in America. Um, another thing I'd mention, which I don't really know the veracity of this, but I feel like in Britain there are sort of minor crimes that are basically go unpunished. Like, I've heard of a lot of burglars who just don't get locked up. Mm. And, like, repeat burglars. Like, we've arrested him 14 times. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in America they would get locked up for a long time. Yeah. I mean, again, it depends on the state. Depends, doesn't you know. it? I mean, do they still have three strikes out in California? I don't know. I can't recall, but, yeah... Um, I mean, I'm not yeah. not into locking people up forever or anything. Mm, sure. But yeah, but certain things, yeah. I mean, definitely. Whenever there's like a like a high profile case where somebody, like, say, like murdered somebody or something awful, and they only got like, 
you know, probation or like a really low sentence. There's always like an uproar, uh, kind of like an outrage about it. But part of the problem is just that like the stuff depends on state. Um, for one, you know, what the sentencing is, you know, how serious the crime's kind of treated. And it really varies a lot, so. What do you think of Anders Breivik, the Norway mass shooter? I know who you're talking about, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What do I think about him? <laughs> no, about him... I think that his sentence was 21 years, mm -hmm. which is the maximum. Mm -hmm. Was it Norway? Um, I think that's right. The Norway, Island. Sweden, Finland, whichever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where I'm like, I think that he probably should just stay locked up. Like yeah. what? What are like certain like uh, like serial rapists? They're not gonna stop. Just keep them locked up and separate from everyone. Like wh what are they gonna do? They're gonna release him, and then they're gonna have to like follow him for the rest of his life, for both his protection and the protection of the people. Like if I, you know, if I moved to a town and someone was like that, that guy down there, he murdered someone twenty years ago, and he just got left out. Okay, that guy down there murdered seventy-seven people. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd feel safe. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it... Bringing down the house values there, Brevik. <sighs> yeah, right. Um, I feel like someone like that would not, here at least, depending on where you're at, would not live very long. You'd have to go into witness protect... Well, not witness protection. Something but... like that. Yeah, because... Uh... Yeah. You say that. I say that, that's very true, you know, but... I ain't, I ain't seen any of that justice. I've heard so much about... Yeah, remember rapist Brock Turner? Oh, do you mean that? the the guy who raped that woman, Brock yeah, Turner? That Brock rape, Turner the rapist. rapist Brock yeah, Turner, I do remember. Yeah. 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 Do you remember the guy who covered up all those rapes, Jim Jordan? Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 What about Donald Trump, convicted rapist? He's actually um, been convicted of rape. Convicted, proven to have raped. Convicted is the right word. Convicted. Yeah. You're no. talking about the you're talking about Eugene Carroll. Yeah. Um, that's civil. It's civil, but they've pro they've decided. Yeah, so proven rapist, you could say. Um, not convicted. But not convicted, yeah. There's no, it's not a criminal thing. So. Proven rapist, they're just doing the damages now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that, that was kind of a shock, because I remember when the whole grab me by the pussy mm -hmm. thing came out. Uh, I was on the phone to someone as it came out, and we were saying, like, oh, well, that's, that's it then. He's finished. A lot of us here thought that as well when that came out. Well, that's it. That's the end, you know, of his political ambitions. Oh, no. We've only just got started in America. Yeah. It is a new era. So I guess, I guess really, like, apart from, apart from the health thing, I prefer America. Yeah. I wouldn't choose to live back in Britain mm -hmm. unless, yeah, I got cancer or something and I had to. Yeah, if I got really sick, <laughs> yeah. I would. Yeah, right. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, and another thing as well is, you know, um, you know, America is a really huge place, but really everywhere is. And like in Britain, London is very different to other places. Mm. And like really when whenever I say like, I fucking hate British people, mm -hmm. I'm really talking about middle class Londoners. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean, yeah. Well, and uh, posh people. I'm gonna hear Somewhat. that. Well, I'm only going on when we're like watching a show and or like a movie, and someone comes out with like a really posh, kind of like London accent, 
And George is always like, ugh. <laughs> like instantly next to me. You don't even know you do it, do you? <sighs> Just to the accent. I remember being <laughs> being in St. Pancreas paint train station. St. Um, Pancreas? Yeah. Okay, continue. St. Pancreas, not St. Pancreas. Okay. St. Kidneys. <laughs> um, and uh, I mentioned it ages ago somewhere on a video where I'd get the really late train because it was the cheapest one. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like the only one there, pretty much. I'd go into this coffee shop where I kind of got to know the guy there. And I remember being being there one time. I was the only one there from these two women who were really well-dressed. And they looked like bankers. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about her um, ring. Not her wedding ring, just a ring she had. And how she just had it appraised for 250 grand. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at this guy who clearly worked like 10 hour days and just this guy looking back at me like these women were like in their late 20s mm -hmm. this guy was probably like 30 something mm -hmm. you know and it's just uh that's not just an english thing or anything just mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's homeless people down there sleeping like mm -hmm. in the train station mm -hmm. Yeah. You could sell that, get a 50 grand, whatever. Alright. Well, these questions so far are good. They're definitely spurring discussion. So, anything else to say on that? No, and that question was from Christopher Lambert. Thank you for that. Okay. Yes. Um, Scotland. Okay, so next one. I'm kind of going from the bottom here. I hope you didn't have a plan on when to... Yeah, in in top to bottom, that is how we... Well, I wanted to start with that one because it seemed more fun. Okay. Um, so moving up, uh, why'd you get a boxer dog? Uh, because Christina wanted one. That's pretty much it. I used to have a boxer that I really loved. Christina had a boxer dog that died very young mm -hmm. from cancer? Yeah, lim uh, lymphatic cancer. Yeah. Lymphatic cancer. Yeah, he was like four and a half. Yeah. And... Yeah, I just really love them. They're goofballs. They're so funny. Like, it's just like free entertainment. I mean, they have their obnoxious qualities too, as you've well noticed. Well, um, he loves your ass. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I'm just like cooking dinner and then just feel this pressure and... Like, can you stop doing that? <laughs> stop yeah. sticking your face in my butt. <laughs> and sniffing. And <laughs> wagging his tail. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never had a dog before. Yeah, it's your first one yeah. that you've owned, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I wish I'd had a dog growing up. I'd be, mm. uh, maybe I wouldn't be a different person now, but it would have helped me. Because mm -hmm. you're it. an only child. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think having a friend. Not only am I an only child, I'm an only child who, in secondary school, I went to a secondary school quite far away. Like, I had to get a bus for 40 minutes. So there weren't, like, people you could make friends with? I mean, I had like friends at school. It's just like, and... like, before that, when I went to a school nearer me, you know, it'd be like the normal thing of, like, oh, do you want to come to my house? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you can have dinner at my house. And, yeah. it, you know, but when I moved, it, you know, you'd have to arrange that. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I wish I'd had a dog. I wish I'd had a dog. It'd have been great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. He's all right. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much it. I think they're adorable dogs. They're super expressive in their facial expressions. They're very, very sweet. They're very sweet animals. Yeah, very loving. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I grew up, um, my mum and dad had a couple of cats, like cats, still like cats, I like dogs. 
Yeah. I think I'm a dog person, but not at the expense of cats. No, I like cats, yeah, but I've always had dogs, like, since I was, I think, like, pretty much since birth, there's always been a dog in the house. Maybe some little gaps here and there, but, yeah, I love them. They're great, and uh, it definitely reminded me, like, how, like, after my old dog died, like, the house felt so, like, lonely without that, like, tippy-tap, you know, around the house and the... Yeah, it was, I'm glad that we got him. Yeah. Yeah. Too cute. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, anything else to say about that? Um, no, I mean, we, we've we talked about getting another dog at some point. I don't mm. think we're going to do that soon. Kind of need a bit more space. Yeah. A bit more. be nice to have our own kind of, like, safe yard area. Yeah. Ideally fenced, where we can just let them out to play. And we rent, so I'm not going to build a fence. Yeah. So, um, but we'd like to get him a friend at some point. And and get a German Shepherd. I'd like a German Shepherd. I've I've had plenty of Shepherds, but not German Shepherds. And I just think they're in, super intelligent and gorgeous. And I've never had one, and it would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Are they even German Shepherds anymore? Because they're they're Alsatians, right? Alsace. Um. Yeah, we call them German Shepherds. But that's French now. I don't know. French Shepherd. A French Shepherd. It's a poodle. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, next question. Yeah. Uh, what is your ethnic origin? <laughs> I guess because your name. White Other. White Other. <laughs> yeah. I used to put on forms. Mm -hmm. On British forms, it would be White, White Irish, White Other. Mm hmm. Right. So, yeah. White. So you can be from Russia, and that's white, mm. but if you're from Ireland, that's something else, is it? It's because these terms are made up and don't actually mean anything biologically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like a, a non-Hispanic white, you'll see sometimes here. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's all made up. I used to put prefer not to say whenever I'd have to do that stuff, like in college and stuff. Yeah, I used to do that, and then it would say gender, and it'd be like male. And then it would say sexual orientation, and I'd write in, I'm just grateful. <laughs> they don't like that. They don't like that, no. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like the whole thing as well about like African-American. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what if I'm visiting from Ghana? Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not American, am I? Mm -hmm. I mean, as, a, as an Egyptian person or who lives here, who's Arab... They're an African-American, then. Uh, see, I, you know, I think that the way Americans do it is just how you look. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I think, yeah. Um, I mean, you look at, like, like Rami Malek. I mean, do you know who that is? No. Mr. Robot. In uh, Until Dawn, the game, he was like, It's just a prank, bro! That guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, I look like him? No, I don't. No, I'm, I'm saying, um, like, he, you know, just glancing at him. I didn't know that he was Egyptian. <laughs> Right, right. Um, it just looks like a white dude to me. I don't know. Yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of conflation, isn't there, between nationality and ethnicity. <laughs> um, well, I don't. I suppose I do know a bit, but I'm not one of those people who's interested in mm. tracing my lineage mm. or anything. My my mum and dad are both British. Were born in Britain. I think my dad has some German somewhere, but Schmidt is from my mum's side. Her dad, 
So my maternal grandfather was was a uh, German living in Romania in a German enclave before the Second World War. Mm. I think he was like six or seven when Hitler came to power. Mm. He ended up in the German army and then he was a prisoner of war after the Second World War in Britain. Um, and then he just never went back. He met my grandma and was like, yeah, I'll stay here. I never met him. He died way before I was born. Mm. Um, and he actually had a, he had a wife and a kid in Romania before he was a prisoner of war. And then, you know, in the last days of the war, the Russians came in and killed everyone. Um, so... German. German, but then, English, you know, yeah. if you go far back enough, I guess I'm from the same place in Africa everyone, as everyone else. Everyone, yes. Um, so, yeah, and I used to think, and my dad used to think that Rockle was Irish. Mm -hmm. So I used to, yes. used to go around America being like, yeah, Irish-German. And people were like, ah, me too. Mm. And then I looked it up and now it's, it's fucking French. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Rocal, yeah, with one L. Okay. It's quite an old French name. So is there, I guess he doesn't know if there's any, like, French. Oh, yes, we're French aristocrats. Did you not know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... Have you, have I, did I not tell you about my houses in Normandy? Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just don't know. I mean, that's just yeah. a guess, you know. Okay. It could have been someone 200 years ago who just was like, well, oh, I've got a Jewish name, so I'm going to just make up a name that doesn't sound Jewish, Rockwall. Mm. Sure. I don't think so. Okay. Yep, so kind of white, Germanish. Mm -hmm. Sure. Who were you named after? Was it your grandfather or something? No, um, so... So my grandfather had, I want to say two brothers. Mm. My grandfather was called Martin, and then he had two brothers called George and Andrew, or okay. and Andrea, and, you know, the German. Mm. Andrew. I was named after George. Okay, so then your middle name. Martin. Is from your grandpa, yeah. yeah. Why don't you give him my social security number? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, I haven't seen, I, you know, I haven't seen that part of the family in 30 years. The last time I went to see my German relatives was when I was like five, mm -hmm. you know. Did you ever want to go back to Germany? And... Maybe, I don't, I, I don't even, even know if they would know who I am. I don't even know where they live. I wouldn't know how to contact them. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, and what else can I tell you is, uh, I think, you see, I don't even know where they live, where they lived. I think it was South Germany. And I remember years later, my mum telling me, like, yep, when we went there, we went to loads of different people's houses, and a lot of them had SS uniforms hung up in the, on the wall. Really? And, like, grandpa's SS uniform and things like that. And right. it was not denazified as much as you might think. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. But, but, like, as for my granddad, he was obviously a German soldier in World War Two. Like I said, he was, like, seven when Hitler came to power. Mm -hmm. He was in the Hitler Youth. Mm -hmm. It was mandatory. I don't think he was a Nazi. I now, hope not. Where was he in the POW camp? Did you say it was in... Scarborough. In Britain, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, didn't you have, like... I think I'm just confused. I thought you had, like, another grandpa that was, like... Like, escaped from... My great-grandfather yeah. on... So, my grandma's mother on my mother's side again. Mm -hmm. British. His name was Wilf. Your grandpa on your... 
my great grandpa. Mm -hmm. So not the Ger not related to the German grandpa. Mm -hmm. My the grandma who married the German. Mm -hmm. Her father, Wilf. Mm -hmm. He was <laughs> a professional rat catcher in the Grand Hotel in Scarborough. Mm -hmm. There's a picture somewhere. Again, I mean, he he died in 1946. Mm -hmm. um, there's a picture somewhere of him holding all these rats. And the story, the stories about him make him sound like a horrible monster. Mm -hmm. They called him Pearly because he was really dark and he had these teeth. He was like a wife beater and horrible. Really? Oh yeah, real piece of shit, but fucking hard. And okay. he was he was in uh, the Green Howards in World War Two, who were like one of the first. Um, what would it be? A regiment? I don't know. Um, a logistics regiment. He was. Uh, he was at Dunkirk, and he was a driver for a colonel. Mm. And Dunkirk is in Belgium, and he hated Belgians because of this, apparently. They were driving, they were trying to get out of Dunkirk, and they stopped to ask some Belgians which way to go. And the Belgians pointed them in one direction, and they drove, and they like immediately got machine-gunned by Germans. And they, the Belgians, maybe accidentally, I don't know, pointed them in the wrong direction, like straight into the German lines. Mm. They got machine-gunned, the colonel was killed. Great-grandpa Wilf was caught in, caught by the Germans in 1940, uh, and yeah, he ended up as a prisoner of war, he, um, yes, he tried to escape twice, uh, one was just like, he sold a truck, because mm -hmm. as well, like, if you don't know, the prisoners of war were generally treated fairly well, they weren't like treated like Jews or anything, they were treated mostly according to the Geneva Convention, you know, and, um, you know, so they, they would get, like, put to work, like, digging ditches and stuff, like chain gangs, mm -hmm. but they weren't, like, you know, people in concentration camps getting whipped and killed and stuff. So he tried to steal a truck, uh, got caught, somehow didn't get shot for that, and then they moved him at some point, I think, into Poland. And again, I don't know if this is true, but he said that he ended up like building roads as a prisoner of war around Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. And he, that's when he tried to escape with an Australian pilot in a plane. They actually got to an airfield, mm -hmm. but I don't think they got to take off. Okay. An Australian, huh? An Australian pilot, yeah. Okay. Uh, they tried to escape together. And that's kind of it. That's all I know. Um, and then he did escape? No, or, yeah, yeah. The, the, so, so, um, so yeah, they were either in Poland or in East Germany at the very end of the war, 1945, mm -hmm. and the SS took over and started marching them west. Mm -hmm. So same as my granddad, at the end of the war, he hadn't been captured. At the very end of, you know, like May 1945, he was a motorbike messenger, and he drove all the way from east to west to try and surrender to the Americans because mm -hmm. he didn't want to surrender to the Russians because they'd shoot him. Yeah. Oh. Fair play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so Pearlie uh, was in this big-ass death march. Again, not trying to overstate it, it wasn't like a Jewish death march where they were just shooting anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to say he suffered like those people, mm -hmm. but he suffered. And they marched them west, and, you know, people were dying, 
because they weren't stopping, mm. because they weren't just marching these prisoners to march them. They were the SS were marching so they wouldn't get caught by the Russians and killed. Uh, so then they marched west and they got stopped eventually by um, a, a battalion of Americans, um, probably in southwest Germany, I'm not sure. Um, and the Americans were obviously appalled at what had happened and just like, them, just like the prisoners, the, I guess it was just western prisoners, British, American, French, Polish. Mm. They let them do whatever they wanted to the Germans, mm -hmm. the SS. Um, and Wilf, being a nut job, uh, took particular umbrage with the, I guess, Oberstuttlant, the major, and he wanted this ring, this SS ring, mm -hmm. that this guy had, and he wouldn't give it to him. So he, he cut his hand off. Mm -hmm. And my grandma still has that ring somewhere. Yeah, right. He cut then... his fucking hand off to get it, and the Americans just watched this, like, good. We're into this too. Yeah. We're into this. Yeah. Good for you. And then, yeah. did the Americans like point him to how to like go north? Because then he just went went to Britain, right? Is that right? What do you mean? Wolf. What happened to him after that? He was British. Yeah, he was British, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Great so grandpa. He just went back, yeah. Yeah, he just went back. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, he was Brit. Yeah, I guess the Americans. Well, they liberated them. They took the, you know, mm. they took them in. Yeah. And another thing as well. Uh, so he died of TB in 1946. Another thing that I found interesting, and again, this is just what my grandma said. Um, but he he could speak perfect German when he came back, mm. and he told everyone, um, like, I have seen things you wouldn't believe. I have seen piles and piles of bodies, mm. and people didn't believe him. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that is an interesting story. I think that's probably the most detailed story you've told me about all that. That's pretty much yeah. everything, yeah. Yeah. And like I say, he cut, his, cut this SS Major's hand off. Yeah. Like, they had a fight over it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck Nazis. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't feel guilty about, like, my granddad being in the German army or anything like that. It wasn't me, and... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to apologise, but he was a kid. Yeah, sure. It's uh, yeah, kind of like not exactly a choice, huh? No. And then, you know, when he went to Britain, um, stayed in Britain and became a farmer. Because that's what he'd done all his life. And he was just really into animal husbandry. Mm -hmm. He just liked, you know, he had a small farm. That's ice. Yeah, icicles. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, very good. And then on my dad's side in the Second World War, they were all conscripted into the collieries, you know, the coal mines. Because mm. that's how it worked. You could be conscripted into the army, or you could get a conscription to work in the coal mines to keep the industry going. Right. Which was actually, I think, kind of more dangerous at times, but... Okay. Probably not as exciting. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah but and then I don't know anything else... Um, apart from, um, my, my dad's dad was some sort of, like, mechanical engineer in a factory, and the only, or, yeah, like, a, a factory engineer, and the only thing, the only story I know about him is, before the Second World War, like, 1930s, they developed a machine for 
I think like folding stuff into boxes mm -hmm. or something like that. And they had American clients come to visit them to sell it, you know, like, oh, this is a machine you might want to buy for your factory. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about this machine is it's way safer. Mm -hmm. And as they were showing these Americans this safe machine, it ripped off someone's arm. Right. They're like, we'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, so, and he died before I was born as well, so I never mm -hmm. met either of my granddads. All right. Uh, and yeah, what else can I tell you? Um, so my German grandpa, his dad, his dad uh, was in the Austro-Hungarian army as a cavalry officer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what his job was? This is not a joke. Mm. He was Franz Ferdinand's bodyguard. Really? Not, not like his personal bodyguard. Yeah, like a bodyguard. Not even like that. Like by bodyguard, I mean, you know, those people on horses mm -hmm. following him. That's the bodyguard. Okay, right. Not like a dude in a suit who jumps in front of bullets. Mm -hmm. But With a little I don't know if earbud he, and sunglasses. I don't know if he was there during <laughs> Franz Ferdinand's assassination, but I'd love to think that he was there and just got distracted for a minute by like a, a balloon or something. Oh. Whoops. World War One starts. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Yeah, and then I don't know anything about pre nineteen hundred at all. Mm hmm. Sure. I don't think anyone does. I mean, in my family. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure only like rich people know anything before that. Um, the guy I used to work with, he could he he could trace his lineage back to uh, pre Civil War in Britain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, pre sixteen fifty. Yeah. Right. Ish. Like, yeah, right, interesting. Huh. Like his, yeah, his great 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 grandfather was a major in the Civil War mm -hmm. on the royal side and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. But I'm not that interested. Mm -hmm. yeah, I you guess. know, once you go that far back, it's like, yeah, my great 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 granddad is also the great 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 granddad to thousands of people. Yeah, like who gives a shit and doesn't mean anything anymore. Not really. really. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But I definitely get a streak from Pearly. <laughs> I cut off a Nazi hand if I could. Fucking no problem. With pleasure. <laughs> With gusto. <laughs> With gusto, yeah. I, I always um, would ask, and I never got an answer, what did he use to cut it off? Mm. Do you know? No, um, the bit that my grandma said was, and again, this is what he reported, so who knows what's true. Mm. Maybe, maybe it didn't happen, maybe he never cut it off. Maybe the German major was like, habit. <laughs> right. But, yeah, there was like a scuffle where he was trying to cut his finger off mm -hmm. to get this ring off, and the guy wasn't having it. So he was like, "Right, fuck it, I'll cut your hand off then." Mm -hmm. And that guy will have definitely bled out and died. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there was a little inference that, like, yeah, and then the Americans shot all the SS. Mm -hmm. Good. Friends till the end. <laughs> <laughs> Stomping on one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. It's a lot more than I know about my family background. Um, other than my... Uh, my great-grandpa, who was, like, notorious for being in jail loads and loads of times, and then tried to run for, like, bailiff of the... Um, jailer! Jailer, actually, and claimed that he was really experienced in the jail. There's actually <laughs> somewhere in your... At my grandma's house, there's a... Yeah, like a little... 
um, like a piece of paper that was like a, I guess like a, an ad for like vote for me kind of thing. It's like, I'm very familiar with the jail system in this county. <laughs> so wait, was he just like, I mean, it was just, just mischief, right? It wasn't like he was... As far as I know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard any wild, crazy stories about him, really. Just, you know, that... Bootlegging. It'd be like, yeah, like, you know, he would go to jail for the night, like, all the time. So I assume, like, rowdiness or yeah. drinking or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's another murder. That's a night in jail for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um... I mean, that's hilarious, yeah. Um, well, there was not a lot. I mean, yeah. I I have a great aunt who's really into, like, tracing our family tree, but I've not really looked into it because I'm not really that into it either. Um, I mean, some, what she's told me, uh, we're mostly English, um, a bit of Polish, and my great-great-grandma was, like, a full Cherokee. Um, that's what I've wow, been, that's really? what I've been told. I'm not trying to pull an Elizabeth Warren. Don't start fucking calling me Pocahontas. This is what I've been told. Um, yeah, she was a full-blooded Cherokee woman. But if Elizabeth Warren so is my, a so 16th papas, Cherokee, I yeah. mean, what's wrong with saying that? Like, she wasn't saying I'm a Native American because of that. No, I agree with you, yeah, but, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, so wait. Now I'm thinking about taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um... Hey, could we set up a reservation where we can gamble? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think I looked at this at some point, and, like, my mom might be, like, just enough that she could potentially do something with it. She could have gotten, like, some money for college or something if she'd gone. Perhaps. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I... A teeny tiny amount so small that it's not worth talking about. And I, I can't remember the lady's name. Um, yeah, I think I think my great-grandma's mom, or was it her mom? Fuck, fuck if I remember. Yeah. Um, as I said... Sorry, did you... That's it. That's yeah. all I know about my family history, really. Yeah. Um, as I said, I went to two, school, two secondary schools. Mm -hmm. um, I went to one which was, like, rough... Uh, you know, like, rough, like, there'd be fights, um, coming up to bonfire night, like, a couple of weeks before, pretty much every day people would be, like, exploding fireworks in the toilets, things mm -hmm. like that. Pretty, pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Lots of big fights. I was only there for about a year and a half. One of the big ones was, it was a nearby school, and, um, went around all the school, like, we're, we're gonna have a rumble in the field at lunch. And like hundreds of us went down into the field, into the woods, and then we get into the woods and it's full of cops. Mm -hmm. And these other kids from the other school, which was even what rougher, they'd come with dirt bikes and chains. Mm -hmm. It was like that, and then we wanted to run. Great fun. Um, and then I went to another school, which was m much more... These were all state schools, obviously, but it was much more posh. Mm -hmm. um, Is that the one where your mom like fought to get you in there? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. Um, Which I like to imagine is like like machete wielding somewhere. She yeah. fought hard. Yeah. It was the best thing yeah. she did. Good for her. So I actually got a bit of an education. Yeah. Um, but the, so the, the rough school was like 40% non-white, mm. mostly Asian and black. Mm. Asian, Pakistan, Pakistani, Indian, mm. Asian, not Southeast Asian. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then the second school I went to, it was all white, except for, like, 
like four or five kids mm-hmm. and um yeah i i started like in the middle of the eighth grade there um and like all the kids thought i was a, a refugee mm-hmm. they, why because because like they were like talking about like how i look like an arab no you don't and mm-hmm. i was we were fairly poor and i had like a, an old coat and stuff like that mm-hmm. sure uh and uh yeah they were all fascinated with my name and they would like i mean all through school like constantly like so was your dad a nazi mm-hmm. yes my 70 year old dad mm-hmm. it must have been like i went to school in the fucking 2000s like how old must my dad have been mm-hmm. uh yeah. was your dad a nazi how do you, do you <laughs> does your mean what does your name mean <laughs> what's it mean that's funny well george means george why did you spell your name wrong yeah um, sure Stuff like that, yeah. And, and yeah, like, uh, I never heard anything racist in that rough school. Yeah. Um, but in the second school, people could not stop talking about, like, obviously in worse words than this, like, yeah, the Pakistanis in Sheffield have got the council to make them a synagogue. Like, no, they raised that money privately. Mm-hmm. Not a synagogue, fucking hell. That's um, a mosque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus school. Christ, George. <laughs> Yeah. Like Damien when he spent that year pretending to be Jewish and telling everyone he was going to mosque on Friday. Is that true? In college, yeah, for a laugh. Oh, Damien. I'm going to mosque. It's not a mosque. That's funny. Uh, excuse me, um, this is a religious candelabra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, are you an Arab? Because you've got those eyebrows. Oh, yeah. I heard that once, once or twice. Yeah, right. Interesting. Hmm. But then again, I also remember getting my uh, passport picture at 18 and my mum looking at it and then being like, hmm. And like cutting off my face there. Mm-hmm. Like just so you could see my eyes. And she was like, you could be an Arab woman. <laughs> Your mum sounds funny. <laughs> I kind of know what she means. Like those defined eyebrows. Uh, right. Back back when I was eighteen, and they weren't all bushy and overgrown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to meeting your mom. Hopefully, late spring we'll make a trip. That'll be fun. She's funny. Like the brief times I've like talked to her on the phone, she's fucking funny. I won't repeat it, but it's amusing. Um, he likes older women. He likes older women. You sound older than him. Older than him. I am. It's like four years. He likes older women. I know he does. Older women. <laughs> That's so my funny. My dad's four That's years like older. That's like one of like three things she said to me. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Anything else? Well, I think I got nothing else on that. We do have plenty more questions. We're doing a lot of questions and stuff on this one. That's cool. Would you like to take a short break? Sure. So I can show you some. If I whisper, they can't hear what I'm saying. You're sorry. What? You're gonna spray what? Where? Five minutes later. Continuity problems. So what's next? Um, right next. Did you have a good spray? Huh? What's next? Yes, a good spray. Um, if you saw an ad there, uh, whatever that is, you don't need it. No, you do. Um, next. Could be something really important. It could be, yeah. What's next? Has Christina played Outer Wilds? 
um, right, because I talked about Subnautica in the last one. I have not. I actually never heard of it, but I guess you have? Mm. Yeah. You're, you haven't played it, though. I haven't played it. I looked at it ages ago and thought, oh, I'll put that on my list. Mm-hmm. And then never got around to it. Yeah. It's got really good reviews. All the reviews say, don't spoil it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And all that. And okay. All right, then I won't read anything about I, it. I guess... Um, well, maybe someone suggested that because of Subnautica. It's sort of similar in its exploration themes, but mm-hmm. I'll give it a go at some point. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll have to check that out, too. Yeah. No, I hadn't played it. Get it on sale. Um, but I do like kind of survival-ish ish crafting type stuff, so, you know, let's take a look. Yeah. Um, okay, next. Why are my comments getting deleted? Um, you know why. No. So they were just trying to recommend Silo. So, you want to take that? Uh, well, sorry about that. We definitely didn't delete them. Uh, it's been an issue since the very beginning of YouTube of random comments not showing up or going into the uh, was it not trash but there is the, a um, like a filter com- a comment filtering thing um, which I check here and there, but um, not a lot really ends up in there. Um, I notice sometimes if you post links to things or especially it looks like if you posted like a couple links like in a row they can end up there and I just release those um but it it really doesn't pick up a whole lot I actually um after we saw that question why are my comments getting deleted um I went and like looked through at least um that at last time that last episode of dead air and I didn't see anything from that person um whose username I can't remember right now so yeah sometimes that just happens Sorry, we're not deleting any. I don't really know. You know, I think the only comments we delete are like really, really racist shit. Probably like once a year, I actually delete a comment that ends up there. Yeah. And it, it, where they're like really bad. Um, But it's extremely unusual. Generally, I think we agree it's better to just leave stuff there and, you know. Let the world see. Let it see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry if you get stuff deleted. Um... We don't, yeah, it's not it's us. Not us. Um, I think in that, after that question, someone re- had responded that they've seen it happen to them too, where they'll, like, type a comment and then it doesn't show up, and they'll type the comment again and it doesn't show up, and then, like, they'll see, like, three in a row. Like, right. la- like later. Yeah, I don't know. YouTube. Um, so there's that. Uh, we had, is Patreon really the best way to support you? Um, well... Uh, watching videos is a good way to support us. Um, and yeah, we've Patreon, you know. Um, if you don't want to get hooked into Patreon, you know, re- recurring stuff or giving them your personal info, that kind of thing, you could always drop us a little tip. There's a PayPal link in the description. You could do that if you like. We got a, we've gotten a few, and that's really cool. Thank you to those people. Definitely appreciate it. But uh, um, just keep watching. Yeah, I mean, really, the best thing you can do is watch as well, you know. Um, I mean, I guess technically not skipping ads, but I'm not going to tell anybody to do that because I skip every single ad that I get when I'm watching YouTube. Don't blame them. No. Um, But I think even then, it's like if you see the beginning of it, sometimes it counts. It's all pretty opaque. Oh, yeah. Some of that stuff works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just watch us, you know. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks, thanks for, for, watching, thanks for yeah. asking. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, okay, uh, George, where do you lie on the political spectrum? Oh, okay. Um, 
Hmm. Oh, damn, I don't think of anything funny about anarcho-collectives. <laughs> um, well, I, I think probably a lot of Americans, not a lot, but I definitely think a number of Americans would think I'm a socialist mm. because I believe in socialised healthcare, mm. but I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I suppose that I... Um, it's not like I don't think it's worth thinking about or anything, but personally I'm not actually that interested in political minutiae. Um, I think whenever you sort of like get into an ideology, even if that ideology is intended to be purely beneficial, it, mm. it can, you know. Things can turn too much into like, I'm supporting my team versus talking about individual issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I don't think I'm a socialist. I, because I, I think that you could totally have a I mean, when I say functional society, it's functional right now, isn't it? You know, it could be on fire and everyone could be like, you know, dying of plague. It's still functioning. Mm. But I, I kind of believe um, you can have a better society without having to like completely scrap the current system and build it from the ground up. Mm. Uh, really, I believe that um, I believe in social welfare and You know, I'm, I suppose I'm anti-greed, mm -hmm. uh, and greed isn't just, greed is not something derived from capitalism, it is sort of in spite of it. You get greed everywhere, you get greed in theocracy, you get greed in communism. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're anti-greed and corruption, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, and I would never want any sort of system where the government owns everything mm -hmm. but again I you know I, I suppose maybe I'm probably kind of like like in the American view probably pretty left-wing domestically and pretty right-wing uh, internationally foreign policy wise and stuff like that yeah mm -hmm. um, yeah I, I I think healthcare should be free I think uh, there needs to be so much more money put into education mm -hmm. long term. I think people, I think education should be standardized. Mm -hmm. I, I'd get rid of private schools mm -hmm. um, to a degree. Maybe there could be some exceptions. Um, I'd nationalize the arms industry mm -hmm. and things like that. But at the same time, I'm an interventionist. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be way more aggressive in terms of foreign policy than America has been in the last 20 years without necessarily putting boots on the ground. Mm. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. 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 If I was Joe Biden or whoever the president <laughs> is, you know, I'd throw my fucking yeah. big American weight around. Sure. Oi, nah! And I think, like, you know, some of these... Things can be so like overly generalized, like um, like in some ways you're quite fiscally conservative. Um, you know, I think that we're both against like the massive amount of like corporate welfare, like you know, welfare for people who do not need it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, while there are people like starving, like um, you yeah. know, and I'm not anti-business. No. I'm anti-big corporation business. 
getting to the point like Amazon where um, they essentially deliberately created a monopoly, mm. you know, over the last 20 years where they've undercut prices and taken viable existing profitable products, made replicas of them at a loss mm. so that the original product goes out of business and then they just hike up. Mm -hmm. I'm against that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, I'm not against people making money. I'm not against people living in a nice house mm. or anything yeah. like that. But I think, you know, Jeff Bezos with his fucking, you know, 10 Bugattis or whatever and all this, whilst there are literally people starving, I think that's wrong. Yeah. More, like, morally. Morally wrong, wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I don't think the answer to that is, like, we all start calling each other comrade, necessarily. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Um, um, I mean, I really don't have much Why do you think I'm physically conservative? Just in certain... Physically. Uh, just, uh, my point just being that when you have a term like fiscally conservative, and I think some people in their minds could think like, well, that means, you know, like, no government spending on anything. Like, I think that you're just more into, like, doing things smartly and not yeah. rewarding already successful... Um, like super successful people that don't need it when there are so many people that need so much like um, I, I truly believe but it would it would be a big project I truly believe you can uh, maintain and even expand American military power have the same amount of soldiers or more um, but do it all way cheaper if you just nationalize the arms industry so you're not paying up you know two hundred dollars for a fucking toilet seat don't ever do like cost plus stuff again for example What's that? Um, Is that Coca-Cola for if you $10? Were, yes, where, uh, you know, you've got private military contractors, like, operating, you know, like, vast ways of, like, the infrastructure and stuff, like, in Iraq. And then, like, the more money they spend, the bigger profit they have. So they were doing things like, like, a truck has a flat tire, just burn it, set it on fire, and buy a new one, because then we make more profit. Sell Coca-Cola, um, give Coca-Cola free in the mess hall to soldiers, and then bill the government and the American people ten dollars a can when they're made right down the road. Fifty dollars a can. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, yeah. A hundred dollars to wash a bag of laundry. Yeah. Um, stuff that's, like yeah. that. Like, uh, you know, that's wasteful. Um, why yeah. are the American people paying for that? You know, um, and it's just to bolster profits yeah. for. At, you know. All of that as well in Iraq at the same time that they couldn't be bothered to give the marines, the fucking marines, like decent showers and stuff, so they were all getting legionnaires yeah. disease. That's a disgrace. Yeah. I mean, in Britain, they were sending lads over uh, without body armor. Yeah. You know, I knew someone who was an MT driver in Iraq. Uh, he had 10 rounds in his magazine mm -hmm. on his SA-80. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's just what I mean by, like, you know, more like um, just smarter in how we use money. Um... So, yeah, I think, um, you know, yeah. I uh, yeah, and, and I suppose more personally, you know, it's easy for me to say all this as someone who makes less than the national average. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy for me to be like, well, if I won the lottery, I'd give it all away. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like a distinct problem, not just in America, but uh, in not just in the West, even probably world over, is there's just a lack of leadership, and I would uh, just you know just to show that someone could. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, if I won a million dollars, I'd keep 
50, 100 for myself, and buy your mum a new car, you know, or whatever. And yeah. But I, I'd feel pretty guilty. Yeah. And like I hadn't earned it. I mean, even if I did earn it, okay, I haven't won a million dollars. I've made a great YouTube video and. Now I've got 10 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't keep all that. That would, yeah. that would I guess, like, burn I guess me. Neither one of us are particularly interested in stuff. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's things we need. You know, like, you really need a new pair of boots in the winter. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm not interested in, you know, like, if we got our own place, like, two-bedroom, small. I don't want to clean a big-ass house. Small, a studio, you know, small bedroom, you know. A fireplace would be cool, perhaps. What's an ass house? Um, sorry? Big, yeah, I see. A big ass. Big ass. Big ass. Big ass. Truck. Um, yeah, just, there aren't a lot of, like, things that we want, though, overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I, I just can't really imagine that changing a lot. I mean, just this, it, it doesn't... Stuff doesn't make me happier. No. Do you know what I mean? Um, and if you, you know, stuff, maybe you feel happy like when you first get it. You know, like, oh, a bit of dopamine, a new thing, this is exciting, and then it's gone. You know, it's not happiness. And now you've got a hot tub to clean. Yeah, now you've got a hot tub to clean, and yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I, I too would feel. Um, no, I'm not trying to tell other people what to do with their own money that they've earned, you know, um, in terms of like, you know, like very wealthy people who, you know, want like a 50,000, like Walmart sized house. I mean, that's whatever. If you're into that, I guess personally, I would feel deeply embarrassed if I did that instead of doing something good with it. Yeah, and I think a problem when you discuss this sometimes is there's an inevitable arbitrary line. You know, the same sort of line of, like, when are you bald? Mm -hmm. Do you have 10,000 hairs on your head? Are you bald then, or do you have 10,001, mm -hmm. and you're not bald? It's like, where do you draw that line? Is it, is it a moral... It's not a moral to have money, but if you have money and there are... Not just, like, poor people, like, people starving. There are people starving yeah. under bridges in this country. And if you, if you feel like, fuck people, I don't care. Well, children, perhaps? Continuing a cycle of poverty... Um, you know, children not having proper education, not having the food, being hungry, you know, it contributes to, like, lower IQ. There's all kinds of things that I think could make society better for everyone. Yes. Um, if there wasn't so much desperation. Do you know what I mean? Well, with that, like, part of, yeah, exa well, exactly, you know, it's just that, you know, if... the way that <laughs> it all works is you could, you could work it out, right? Like, oh, if we actually, like, triple the education budget over 20 years, we'll reduce crime in the next 30. Well, who cares what's happening in mm -hmm. 30 years? My election's next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything's about now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say was the arbitrary line, you know, where do you draw the arbitrary line? Like, is it wrong? Is it wrong to have, like, a million dollars in liquid cash and keep it all for yourself? Or is that 10 million? Or is that 100 million? Yeah. Like, it, where do you... It kind of depends Draw on, it. on what you're doing, I guess. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, um, and for me, you know, again, a lot of it comes back to, like, 
in terms of like government spending, I think like smarter spending. Like I think so many of these arguments come down to like, you know, we need to spend less. No, we need to spend more. Why don't we just be smarter about it? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm thinking about like the sort of the arms rush that occurred with colleges um, when uh, after there was kind of like a, a more of an influx of like student loan money. Um, if you're a public university, I don't think that you should be like spending a hundred million dollars to put like marble flooring in somewhere or oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like I'm here paying for an education. I want an education. I don't want a new fucking McDonald's on campus, you know, like a fancy McDonald's that charges three times as much as a regular one would. Like, how does this benefit me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, going back to America versus Britain, I think <laughs> one thing Britain does better. Do you want to? Do you want to be a footballer? Right? Do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to college. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. What the hell that is all about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, colleges make loads of money off of these players that they don't have to pay because they're students. Yeah, I. But what, yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I just, greed again. Yeah. Like again, I, I've not got a problem with people enjoying sports. Go for it. And sports teams, yeah. but like, you know, the Eagles' new stadium and all this, whilst they're cutting social services. I mean. And public money going into building that, stadiums. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they can spend their own money. Yeah. If you're running a private business, uh, you know, having a, a sports team or whatever. Uh, you know, go for it. Use some of your shitloads of profits to build a new stadium if you want one. Um, and I know a lot of people will agree with me and, or disagree with me on that in America. Like, no, it's important to, it brings business money in uh, having like a sports team that's, you know, like nationally recognized and blah, 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 blah. Well, so again, my tax dollars are going to support private businesses. That doesn't seem fair, you know? Anywho. So, I guess the answer is, it's... You're saying nationalized football? <laughs> yeah, I guess we're saying it, it, I guess, I think that both of us are a bit more detail and issue-oriented in our political concerns versus just, you know, one side good, one side evil, no matter what, and there's no room for discussion. There's, there's disgusting shit on both sides. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's... An incredible, you know, there is an incredible amount of footage of police in America doing a really heinous shit, illegal shit. I mean, you know, the Ovalde cops, uh, a fucking disgrace. I know, you were just saying the other day, you were like, I think I just realized, like, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you were like, we're talking about, like, the hero Bortak guy. Well, um, the Bortak guy who had enough, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you watch the full video footage of that, the security footage, you can, like, totally see what's going on. Yes. Like, um, antsy, he's like, let's get in there! You know, and the local cops are like, no! I'm scared. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think, you know, they should have been decimated. Um, but, you know, the answer isn't get rid of police. No, it's not. Yeah. It's um, reform. Mm -hmm. And that takes a long time. And it's complicated and not, you know, yeah. easy. And, I and not just a matter of increasing or decreasing budgets, yeah. you know. Um, and a lot of... The devil's in the details, I think, you know, in a lot of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I guess probably we're both pretty socially liberal, the way that most Americans would think about it. Oh, you mean, I like, I don't care if you're gay. I don't give a shit. Please get yeah. your penis in Don't hurt though. anybody and... 
do whatever you want you yeah. know, in your own bedroom and I'm sort of like wear a French idea of freedom. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you want, eh? I need wine for my children. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not just for my children, for our children everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably summarized it. Um, yeah. So. Um, all right. Anything else on that? No, I think as well, just to say, I don't think this is anything particularly insightful, but... Um, uh, you know, and not just America either, uh, certainly not, um, but so much mental bandwidth when it comes to political issues is taken up by bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we should have the discussion about bathrooms, mm -hmm. but is that really the most important thing? Yeah, right. You know, the whole fox hunting thing, like when Britain's like umming and erring about should we help America invade Iraq? Let's talk about fox hunting. Fox hunting was debated more like, in Parliament. You know, we, could, we could talk about that, but maybe it's like not a super high priority Yeah, right maybe now. it's not, yeah. Maybe get to that point after resolving some other... But yeah, I don't know what you mean. Um, right. Is that all of them? Uh, there was one more question which led into our next topic. Um, someone said they'd like to hear about some books that we like. That's not the last question. Yeah, it is. We did this. What about that one? Oh, yes, you're right, sorry. Damn. Books then first, or...? No, no, no. Uh, last one. Um, I forgot about this one. Would you make another film ever? Uh, maybe. Uh, I think that um, what happened uh, with collaborators, we filmed it right before COVID. Mm. Yeah, and like a few months before, yeah. At the beginning of COVID, I remember talking to someone, and we were both like, well, you know, you know, maybe this is what we need to bring people together. Mm. You know, maybe maybe this is. You mean COVID? Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, socially. Mm -hmm. Not like it's a good thing, but maybe it's a silver like, lining. Yeah, and that didn't happen, mm. and it wasn't like my eyes suddenly opened to, like, oh my god, I never knew the world was like this. You know, I knew that it was corrupt and mm -hmm. broken to a degree and everything, but I I didn't really realize how selfish people are individually and it was pretty heartbreaking um you know where it sort of became clear that people weren't going to take it seriously until they were directly affected mm -hmm. people did not give a shit and i think that was kind of the revelation to me was like oh no it's not just like the powers that be don't give a shit like oh no one gives a shit mm -hmm. and obviously loads of people give a shit yeah sure um, um, they just aren't loud about it necessarily. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, for for me, it's one of those things of like, obviously, I'm proud of collaboration. I don't think it was great, but I tried. <laughs> um, fucked up the end, but I could admit that. <laughs> but um, I, I felt really guilty after we, while I was editing it, <laughs> and COVID, I felt really guilty because it was like you know. I'd never be able to raise this money now because of COVID, because people need that. Mm. And y yeah, like whether you liked Collaborator or not, like, I don't know, man, I, what would you spend, like 30 grand on it? Um, with what we put in, probably like 33, something like that, yeah, 32. I, I could have made a difference to some people with that. And yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, it feels like a, you know, even if I made like the the sort of best, most socially 
relevant, beautiful film, it would still feel, to me, self-indulgent. Uh, fiction, you mean? Fiction film, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about it. I know what you mean. Like, I remember on this time, because that's, after that is when, um, it was further in after when I'd been laid off and, like, went back to work and then decided to, well, you kind of convinced me to quit my old job and come work with you on YouTube. That's oh, blame was, me. No, I mean, I'm grateful because I like it. This is way better than pouring wine for people that don't give a shit. Um, but that's when we started doing a lot more bizarre summaries as well, which for me was like, and I'm guessing for you as well, was like pretty fulfilling to like talk about like topics that in that have real relevance in some, even the ones that are, you know, not like important, um, but they still have like, like an important element to them. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So it's just something that I noticed. Like um, we started doing a lot more bizarre summaries and a little bit less of like film blogs, which I know we still like doing. Yeah, um, I'm doing but... one this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About Orpheus. So yeah. that'll be fun. No one will watch that. Yeah, no Black one and watch. white. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I. It's something I definitely noticed in you kind of around that time period in the first first good like year of COVID especially. It was like I guess I don't know how you'd say it, just like a, a sharpening of perspective, maybe. I got really depressed and it wasn't internal. Mm. Yeah. You know, I was really depressed in my twenties because I had manic depression. Mm. But in but that depression was external. If you know what I mean. I do know what you Externally mean. Externally driven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it, yeah. Um, and and really, the truth is as well, is that the type of films I want to make, you know, are not commercial. Mm-hmm. They're very esoteric and kind of like... I mean, I'm fine with it, but can you make a living doing it? Like, they're the sort of films I think that, like, 15 people in the world would be like, I love that. Mm-hmm. And everyone else would be like... Yeah. Fuck is that? Mm-hmm. I get you. Um, yeah. I'm not really interested in trying to make... It's not like I'm against making a film with a wide appeal, but sure. that's not... That, that's what wasn't, and it isn't my motive. Yeah, I um, understand. You know, and if we ever get to the place where you can, you know, make a movie, you know, just using computers and... I'm not sure if we'll ever get there in my lifetime. I don't know, but uh, that's the way I would go personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like I've had a thought before of like, if you wanted to make another film, I'd love to see you do like a documentary. I don't know what about, but um, you know, like actually like talking to people for. You know, about whatever the topic is and you know, doing like some kind of like original kind of like investigating but and original same, interviews yeah exactly mm. um but at the same time i mean the bizarre summaries kind of are like short documentaries it's just we don't we don't travel and interview people to do them it's all existing sources and yeah um yeah mm. yeah and i think as well um I mean, I remember when I went to university doing film, I remember there was a mature student who I worked with quite a lot, and he said, 
oh, you know, so-and-so, I can't remember who it was, oh, you know, so-and-so always used to say, it was like some big director, I can't remember who, mm. so-and-so used to say that documentary is the true form. Mm. And I was like, nah, mm. nah, pretty, pretty shots. Mm -hmm. But I can see it now, and, you know, fiction films are so much more popular, but occasionally you get that documentary that really does make an impact. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, and I'm not sure I, I can do that mm. with a fiction film. Mm. I'm not sure I can do that with a documentary, but... Yeah. I, I guess what I'm really trying to say is that I'm not really... You know, if I got to make... If I magically got, like, a hundred grand to make another film, mm. I don't think it would be a film that would, like, do any... be any more popular than Collaborator or anything. I wouldn't try to... Sure, yeah. ...make it like that. Yeah, I get you. So I guess the answer to that question is maybe, would you say, or probably not? I'm writing my novel. Piss off. <laughs> yeah, I guess you never mentioned that before on Dead Air, I don't think. What? That I'm writing? The, yeah, he's been working on a novel in his free time. Just like here and there, you know. Um, I promise it'll be shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I can tell that you just enjoy it, you know. Like, like playing the game, and I can just hear the the correct sequence of clicks of like, ah, uh, he's turning off now, and then got a little little novel energy. So, yeah, it's cool that you're working on that. You know, what I've read of it was fun. So, and because um, originally I, I when I was a kid I wanted to be a novelist, mm -hmm. like before I got into film even. Um, you know, and even as a kid, I remember like reading stuff and. It'd be like, yep, novels are dying. Novels, are dying. it's all TV, it's all YouTube, and mm -hmm. surely that's only gotten worse. Mm -hmm. So that makes perfect sense that I'm doing that now, mm -hmm. as it's slowly. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. like if I, it's like if I was like, uh, why don't I make money doing my art? It's so unfair. What's your art? Wood carving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get you. That's the situation I'm in. I'm not. I'm not commercial. Mm -hmm. Voice, I suppose, just by virtue of who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's cool that you work on that, though. You know, eventually finish that and maybe we'll do something with it. Yeah. Uh, so, over, so I wrote... How many? I think I've written, like, five novels, like, finished. When, yeah, when you were, like, younger. Yeah, right, yeah. I never got any... Well, I tried to get a couple published. And they were like, this is way too shit. First, <laughs> fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is different, though. Like, I, I feel it's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's my baby. Yeah. I mean, I definitely can tell that you enjoy it. So that's kind of, as you know, always been my position. Yeah, write it. Keep writing it until you like it. And, you know... I mean, but, I wouldn't plan on, like, trying to make any money out of it or anything, but we could probably... God, no. That's what I'm saying. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be one of those things that, like, 20 people really like. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, well, anyway, so it, that's not going to be out anytime soon, but when it does come out, I'm not. it's not going to be on Amazon or any shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to put it on my website for like five bucks, ten bucks, I don't know. And I'm going to do an audiobook, again, not on Amazon. Mm -hmm. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. You get to hear my voice say, Kushufl. And other made up words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to <coughs> say any more about the novel? No, just the book. It, just I prefer to call it myself yeah. rather than a novel. Yeah. When I say no, I'm writing a novel, it sounds like, oh, you're going to Starbucks every day. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I'm writing my screenplay. <laughs> it's about a sexy robot. <laughs> um, no, I'd say just leave it there for now because you know, it's still a long ways off, but um, at some point we'll talk about it more, I suppose. But it's interesting thinking as well, just, sorry, just thinking now, like, yeah, I always wanted to sort of write fiction and. That, yeah, I mean, I remember multiple times sort of getting pushed away from that a bit. Mm. Really by virtue of reality. Like, well, you're not going to make any money doing that. Mm. Sure. Sort of thing, so. Yeah. I understand, yeah. Totally. You know, which is not my objective with it, but at the same time, I do need to put beans on the table. Mm. On the feet. For you to eat. <laughs> Beans on the feet for you to eat now, isn't that neat? Stop that meat. You and beans on feet. What what is that? It's gross. But how do you even encounter beans being on feet to begin with? Imagination. Alright then. I guess that makes sense. It is you. You know what would be worse than that? Like if you were laying down there and you were like pulling your ass cheeks apart and someone poured some beans so they almost like go in. Is this what's going on in your head, like, all day long? Not just this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Yeah, I mean, uh, another thing, another recurring thing is I've got as well. <laughs> no, just shut up then. I'm listening. Is uh, originally for the Boisterous Brothers, I was going to try and paint the, a famous picture of um, Hitler and Mussolini with Damien as Hitler mm -hmm. and me as Mussolini. Because he's got the hair for it. Like the black hair mm -hmm. and me with my Joe Rogan baldness, mm -hmm. uh, and um, I never did. But I still think about them together, like watching their military parade. And I just, for some reason, they're both fucking idiots, right? Mm -hmm. Mussolini, especially. The reason I use Mussolini in, as my profile picture is because he's a, a clown, mm -hmm. like a hilarious clown. You ever listen to Hitler talk? Like that's a malignant narcissist that you can spot from two miles away. Mm -hmm. What were the German people thinking? Mm -hmm. uh, they're just funny to me. Mm -hmm. I think they should be mocked, a la Mel Brooks. And I, I just had this recurring thing of them chatting mm -hmm. and what they would be talking about. I was in the bath last night and uh, I touched my own booboo. Is that gay? <laughs> I don't know. <coughs> or Mussolini like, looking like that and being like, look at this, and whips his knob out for Hitler. It was like, oh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll cut all that then. What's next? <laughs> um, yeah, next, uh, yeah, someone asked, so they'd like to hear about some books that we like. So, well, why don't you go first? Uh, I haven't, see, I'm writing a novel. I haven't read fiction in a while. Mm. But I used to, you know, um, I mean, books that I've read, books that I like, is what they want to hear that about. That you like, right? Yeah. I think my favorite book, can't even name my favourite film, but I think my favourite book, definitely the book that had the most impact on me is As I Lay Dying by Faulkner. Mm. It's a very simple story about uh, a family taking um, their dead mother to be buried. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a chapter in it 
It, all the chapters are from different people's perspectives in Stream of Consciousness. Mm. And there's a chapter in it um, by Vardaman, who's a five-year-old, who doesn't understand that his mum is dead. Mm. And it's like five, five words. Yeah. And it's just, it, it was mind-blowing. Right. I mean, I was like 18 when I read it. Mm -hmm. If you feel like 30 or 40, you can read them like mm -hmm. But, Sorry. yeah. So, like, for a while, probably even now, Faulkner was my favourite writer. Mm -hmm. um, I've read loads of his stuff. Um, As I Lay Dying is obviously the famous one. The Sound and the Fury. Absalom, Absalom. Um, I, can't, see, I can't even remember. I think Absalom, Absalom is the one with all the Haiti stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's really good. Mm -hmm. Um... And then The Sound and the Fury is the one with Caddy. I've read quite a few of his. And I also read Soldier's Pay, which was the first one he did, the first novel he did, before he got into his stream of consciousness stuff. And it's fascinating because it's just like a generic novel. Mm -hmm. Like, if it didn't have Faulkner's name on it, you'd never guess he wrote it. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that, and that got me into Cormac McCarthy, mm -hmm. who wrote The Road, which is a film... It's a really good film, film adaptation of The Road, mm -hmm. but the book is even better. I think I've read everything Cormac McCarthy did. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to his first thing, The Orchard Keeper, um, you can, it's not like Soldier's Pay where it's very, it's completely different style of writing, but it is different. And it's sort of interesting to sort of see how he progressed in his style mm -hmm. from The Orchard Keeper to... Um, the road and see, I can't even remember now. It's terrible, isn't it? Um... Uh... Oh yeah, sorry, I can't remember the the other one that I read that I really like. Um... But but mostly, what I, I guess what I'd say is, uh, you know, I do really like certain authors, but I, I can't think of any authors like I love everything they did. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, really love Heart of Darkness by Conrad. Mm -hmm. But then Nostromo, not that into. Couldn't get into, mm -hmm. really. Right. Sort of a bit too much. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. I guess the majority of what both of us read, I guess, is more like journalism for the most part. Um, uh, in terms of, like hours like percentage of hours of reading that we do so if you're inter um, interested in sort of uh it's, it's not a novel it's more like a biography um um graves robert graves uh wrote um goodbye to all that in the 20s mm -hmm. which is one of the first accurate detailed accounts of what world war one was like mm -hmm. and he doesn't hold back and it's it's really good. Yeah, right. It's really good. Okay. Um, so I definitely recommend that. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me, I know I've told you this several times before, but you should read some Upton Sinclair. Yes, The Jungle. Um, the Jungle, or Oil, which I haven't read, but um, I've heard it's should. Really good. The Jungle is good, though. Yeah. Yeah. My guy, he was on it. Yep. Slaughterhouse Wife by Vonnegut. Mm. Obviously, Vonnegut, Indianapolis, mm -hmm. um, great, mm -hmm. really good. I mean, I remember reading it, um, and the the like first like two pages or something is stuff to do with a spaceship. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember reading it being like, what the fuck is this shit? Mm-hmm. And then getting really into it. It's mm-hmm. really small, yeah, right. but it, it was something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um, and as for non-fiction, I guess The Measure of Man. Mismeasure of Man. Mismeasure mm-hmm. of Man, sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. I thought that as well. That's one that I'd recommend. Um, <coughs> so I introduced you to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, t- really good. It's on Stephen Jay Gould. Um, who is um, kind of like a famous polymath, so like he's like a biologist and like several different things. And um, he was really interested in like human variation. And the book in particular is about, um, it's kind of a refutation to the bell curve and also to really a lot of it is kind of like breaking down um, why IQ is such a flawed measure um, overall. Um, and there's a lot of, like, really interesting, like, historical stuff about, like, um, you know, like, um, what do you call it, like, reading the impressions on your skull to determine, like, how smart you are, and just all kinds of, like, pseudoscientific ideas where their main purpose is to, um, elevate one group of people and denigrate another, um, to reestablish the superiority of the white man, basically. Yeah, it's, it's basically refuting scientifically all that kind of stuff, um. Some of it can get a little bit dense. He does get into, like, really good explanations of statistics. And, um, like, in a way that is... That was um, too much for me. Yeah, I like that stuff. No, I mean, I read it, but... <clears throat> yeah, it, it can get a little bit more difficult around there. But it, if you can get what he's saying, like, it makes perfect sense. But that's that's an amazing book. Um, yeah, I think probably one of my favorite nonfiction books. Um just because, like, when you see it all together and see, like, the history of... Kind of, in a sense, what it comes down to is, like, othering. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of it... It's not entirely, but a lot of it is, like, going through, like, history of, like, early science and how the different scientists were kind of... Of their time, of course, were kind of obsessed with this idea of, like, elevating white people as, like, superior. And um, it's really good. Yeah. The whole thing about... Um... They, you know, they decide in the 19th century that a bigger brain is obviously better, mm-hmm. but then they can't reconcile that with, well, the Iroquois had really small heads mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then they start trying to measure volumes of heads, but they're all, but it's all bullshit. Yeah, and deeply flawed the way that um, that some of those experiments were done. Even they were like highly biased the way that they were structured. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the dude was really into that stuff and like. Was trying to make these arguments. He, um, if he saw, for example, like a skull of like a Native American that he thought was too big, it wasn't representative of Native Americans, so he would toss that from the sample. Yeah. Just the most blatant scientific, um, you know, blasphemy. Yeah. You know that you could do. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I wish that Gould was still around. We could use him today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they those people weren't functions of science. They were functions of the state. Yeah, and of their own cultures and, you know, their own um, you know, cultural centrism and ethnocentrism, things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, really good stuff. Um, any other nonfiction that's popping into mind for you? So I can think of a few. But... Wikipedia, that's a good one. <laughs> um, no, what about you? You like to read... You're big into Stephen King. Yeah, I mean, I um, I read fiction like, late in the night, like, kind of close to bed, because um, it helps me sleep, um, kind of, like, like, I love nonfiction, um, and I've got a few that I'd recommend, but, um, 
if I do that, like, at night, it will, like, just keep me up. I'll just keep going and, like, thinking. Mm-hmm. I need something that kind of, like, winds me down. So, yeah, I mean, but as far as fiction, I I do like Stephen King. I've read a number of Stephen King things since I was a kid. Because um, my mom read them, so we had loads of Stephen King around the house. Um, uh, I probably read it, like, every two years or so, the whole thing. Same with The Stand. Um, and then I love The Wheel of Time. Um, I just go through that whole series on a cycle. Book six right now. Um, and I read it for, like, half hour, hour before bed, you know, and it helps me just kind of settle down. Um, so in terms of recommending fiction, I don't have a lot, because I kind of have my ones that I like, and I just return to them and stick to them. Um, because I, I guess there's also, like, a comfort element. Do you know what I mean? No Country for All Men was the other book by Michael McCarthy I was going to say oh. I really enjoyed, and was also adapted into a good film, but mm-hmm. the book is even better. Sorry, yeah. just to... Yeah, right. It may be worth mentioning Oil, uh, Upton Sinclair... Um, is the book that was the basis of um, There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood, which I've heard is a good adaptation. I mean, I like I like the movie a lot, um, but I haven't actually read the story. I need to get to that one. <coughs> um, yeah. The not... Ragged Trousered Philanthropists. What's that? It's a novel. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I read it. Okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah, so I was trying to think of some other non-fiction. Um, Guns, Germs, and Steel, I like a lot. Uh, Jared Diamond. Um, it's about... Uh, how would I summarize this? Guns, Germs, and Steel. Um, about, it's about how some societies end up like conquering others through the lens of like their geography. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting to me. And um, I guess... I won't say like, a whole lot on it, but... Um, I believe he's a geographer, so it, it, it's really interesting. We're talking about like um, just how environmental factors contribute to like like Eurasian um, dominance, for example, um, at various points in history. Um, you know, it, it's good. Check that out. Um, and then uh, I really love anything. So, so, so it's it's kind of like the point is is like. Switzerland wouldn't exist now as a modern neutral state if it was where Mongolia is. Stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if different, like, diseases had occurred, or, like, the advent of, um, you know, like, you know, like, gunpowder, like, why it occurred, where it did, and how that impacted. Very little sulfur in Europe. Um, right. Right. So, it, yeah, it's stuff like that. It's It's a really interesting, like, very specific lens of, like, looking at like, cultural development through history. Um, I haven't read it in probably, like, ten years, but it was really good. Um, it sounds good. Uh, anything by Carl Sagan, um, I really like. Um, God, what was the one? Should I just pull this up? Because I was just going to pull open some of my books and just list a couple. Um, so here we go. Oh, um, real quick, Empire of Pain, Patrick Radden Keefe, definitely recommend that anytime. If you're into the opioid epidemic and Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family, that whole saga, it's pretty thorough. And we would not have been able to do the The three-part Sackler series series without that. Very good. Yeah, very, very good. I definitely recommend that if you're into that topic at all. Um, Like deep family history and stuff like that. Good stuff. Um... Let's see. Yeah. Uh, okay, another one. Um, this is kind of not my usual wheelhouse of reading. One that I really liked was High Price by Dr. Carl Hart. 
Um, he's a, I believe, a neuroscientist. I haven't read this one in many years either. But it's all about drug research and how we've gotten drug research wrong in the war on drugs. Um, and how we have kind of fudged the addictiveness of certain drugs compared to other substances like sugar, sex, money, shopping, all of these things that cause dopamine. And he explains how addiction works and goes through various experiments that he's done. Um, and there's a lot of stuff about, like, you know, the crack epidemic. Yeah. Um, I was just about to say, is that the one where they say, have you heard that crack is more addictive than normal Coke? Because it isn't. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to think that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, very I always thought um, that. Definitely, like, a very, a bit of a focus more on, like, black Americans in particular, like, in the 80s. Um, and he just kind of goes through, like, how they've dispelled so many of these myths with his research. Uh, and he's got some sick hair. You saw it. Yeah, I showed you a TED talk of him. He's got like long dreads, like pulled back, and he's like really cool looking. But he's like a neuroscientist, and yeah. Anywho, that's cool. a really interesting book. I I, I guess I'd you know, if I was a neuroscientist, I'd walk everywhere around with a top hat. Mm hmm. Like Isambard Kingdom Brunel. Did you have you ever read about the first guy to wear a top hat? Was he lynched? I don't know what. The first um, guy to wear a top hat? Before they became, like, fashionable. Was that the inventor of the I top hat? I saw something about it the other day. I only read a little of it because I was like, that's fucking weird. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. He had massive encephalitis and it was a way of covering his <laughs> enormous teeful-like um, boffin head. No, the, the, just a little bit that I read before I got bored was about <laughs> the first time he wore it out, like, in London. Like, it almost, like, caused a riot for some reason uh, over this weird hat. I don't know. It almost goes to riot. Like I said, I stopped reading, so I was like, oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> thanks for telling us. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything by Carl Sagan for sure. The Demon Haunted World is one that I like a lot. Um, Five minutes later. Hello, yeah, sorry about that. Um, sorry about that, we're back. Neighbor had to drive to their trash can and the dog started barking. Um, What's just, next? Uh, oh. Just a very quick. Um, uh, anything by Carl Sagan. I got a load of books, but I guess that's good for now. That'll get you started, perhaps, if you're interested in stuff we read. Um, so, that is the end of all the questions. Oh, um, what I, what I would say as well is, uh, All Well. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure I've read everything All Well wrote apart from Burmese Days. Mm -hmm. I'd recommend Road to Wigan Pier. Okay. I need to get to Orwell. I've never read any Orwell. I need to get to that sometime, for sure. I guess some of the, like, sci-fi class. I've never really like, gotten, like, super into sci-fi. Well, that's just novels. 1984. Um, yeah. I get you. Like, but, all the um, others are novels. Okay. Road to yeah. Wigan Pier isn't a novel. Just short stories, or...? N no, he was a journalist. Oh, right, right. It's about poverty in the north. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's he calls people from Sheffield troglodytes. Mm. It's fucking frighteningly accurate. <laughs> it's funny. Being from Sheffield, I can say that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, and also thanks to everyone just quickly for all the suggestions of things to watch. Um, and there's some games as well. Yeah. I got those listed. Yep. Um, the donut game. Yeah. Uh, I actually still have no idea. A lot of good suggestions. I've, se I've seen that. I've se I saw Jim Sterling play it oh, ages okay. ago. It right. fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get, um, keep the suggestions coming, I'm keeping like a running list and we'll just get to them as we do. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess... Actual content. 
Yeah. <laughs> some of the sh- there's not a lot really. Some of the shit that we watched um, during the last couple weeks and yep. um, uh, the traitors. Traitors. With Alan Cummings. Which I'd never heard of. Um, we. I think it was a. Was there a trial of Peacock? So no, we got like a Peacock for the month for like $5 or something. To um, watch Dr. Death, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yes, to watch Dr. Death too. Um, and the Traitors is like every single ad for everything. Like if you're watching the Traitors, there's ads for the Traitors throughout. So um, a, a reality game show basically uh and the main reason to watch it in my opinion uh, the reason that i watched that we've watched all of the first season and started the next one for me is alan cumming who hosts um being hilarious and being paid for every time he says murder or traitor murder murder like doing like a like an amped up version of his own scottish accent is how it comes across yeah um and in like adorable little outfits um yeah, <laughs> he's dressed like what did you say the other the one the other day you were like oh he, he's dressed like a an Elizabethan woman an Elizabethan woman yeah. yes going yeah. to a funeral yeah with yeah. like a cane like prancing and yeah very funny um, yeah the actual like I mean I I will say that the I guess concept is of a bit the show more interesting. is is more unique than these kinds of things um, it's like a bunch of people go live in a mansion that Alan Cumming pretends is his mansion. Like, as if you live there, Alan Cumming. Um, like, a mansion that... Maybe it is really old, this mansion, but... Like, the first episode, there's a dude, like... Yes. Look, do you think these, these floors aren't original, I don't think? Like, you think. You think that the the modern style of f- wooden flooring that looks like it was installed three days ago might not be original? You know, you're a genius. I don't think this TV is original, either. <laughs> I don't think this TV's original, yeah. Um, do you want to explain, like, the concept of the show? It's a game all? of murder, if you're familiar with that. Essentially... There are murd- murderers or traitors um, in the group who the rest of the group don't know, who can murder, get rid of someone every day, and the rest of the group have to try and work out who it is and vote them out. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, if there are any traitors left, they take all the money, and if there aren't, the survivors split the money. Split the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in the second season, which uh, is still ongoing, they've kind of changed it a bit, um, where Instead of just the murderers meeting and being like, we'll get rid of them, they actually occasionally maybe have to not physically murder someone, but like get someone to drink from a chalice or something. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of my main criticism of the first series. Is I, it, it, yeah, it, it was impossible for them to to work it out. It's work like, it out because yeah, um, the only there are no clues. Yeah, not really. Um, unless some other than unless, people's behavior, and they're all people from like other reality shows and like survivor and like real housewives and stuff so you know do you, uh, do you remember the days when um things like this starring celebrities would have the celebrities win for their charity mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's over now yeah. yeah just win money for yourself already rich people like why does john burko need 250 grand why does like a lady from the real housewives of orange county who's definitely like in the tens of millions of net worth need two hundred fifty thousand dollars, or like sixty thousand if she has to split it with three people at the end it's weird i mean obviously they're doing it for attention i think is the main reason exposure um so the you know the concept is a little bit more unique than you know like survivor for example, where it's just like, you know, now here's a challenge where you have to, you know, swim through these hurdles and stuff and then try not to annoy each other too badly and then vote everyone out. 
which is so boring, I think. So it's got a little bit of uniqueness, but really, yeah, to me, the reason to watch is Alan Cumming. Every time he shows up, I smile. Yeah, he's funny, yeah. Yeah, he's very funny. Here, talking about murder. It's like he's been watching Taggart on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very amusing. Um, so we watched, I think we watched like all that first season one day while you were ill. Yeah. On the couch, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I really have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> it's vaguely amusing yeah. for shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason we got uh, Peacock for the month was to watch Dr. Death 2, because we both really, really liked the first season um, about um, Christopher Dunch, the surgeon, uh, spinal surgeon, who, um, like, horribly maimed people. Um, this one is about... It's fiction, um, but there's also documentaries. Yes, that's right. Um, we're talking about the fiction one. Yeah. The fictional, the, the dramatized version. Yeah. Um, this one's about Paolo... What was his last name? You kept saying Macaroni. Paolo Macaroni. Macarini. Macarini, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't say that. One of the characters in it says, oh, Dr. Macaroni. I don't think they did say they that. They did say that. Oh, okay. They right. did. Yeah, so Paolo Macaroni. Macarini. Um, who, yes, was a Italian throat surgeon, um, who, long story short, um, like, developed this, uh, artificial trachea made of plastic and came up with this idea of bathing it in stem cells and then people who either, like, were, bo like, born without a trachea or their trachea is severely damaged, um, replacing it, uh, and the idea that the stem cells would, like, cause regeneration of the you know, the throat like cells and it would attach and like become more like a natural trachea and they actually didn't work at all and people died brutal awful deaths like needlessly needlessly um while he was like becoming world famous for this amazing innovative new technique that like um totally didn't work and the media was just happy to you know glorify him um and he uh meets an american journalist a producer at, I believe it was NBC. Mm -hmm. um, oh, they're mentioning 30 Rock all the time. Yeah. Um, who uh, uh, he starts a relationship with, and um, she kind of sorts out that he's, you know, like a liar and full of shit over the course of the story. Mm. Um, and uh, what did you think of it? I thought it was all right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it wasn't anywhere near as compelling as the first... Mm -hmm season because the story w wasn't you know it's not the filmmaker's fault yeah because it's based on real story yeah yeah like the, you know the first story the two doctors who pursued dunch mm -hmm. played by alec baldwin and christian slater mm -hmm. are from from you know they're they're the heroes from the beginning mm -hmm. they they observe this guy and they're immediately being other surgeons like we've got to stop this guy we gotta stop this yeah Where, whereas this one again it's not the story writers it's just the way it happened the the people who stop him were way more complicit with him mm -hmm. and the journalist lady as she likes to tell stupid you cow yeah yeah you fucking moon um yeah there there's a netflix documentary about him that we watched before watching this because it hadn't come out yet where it's told from the perspective of that lady i can't remember her name um something weird uh benita something that's very weird uh, benita yeah that's right yeah um, 
I'd actually kind Benito of Mussolini. almost recommend watching that instead, but because in they really so in the show she's played by Mandy Moore who does fine in the role and I agree with you it was it was all right. Um, they make her way more sympathetic than the real woman um, who is telling the story uh, on the Netflix documentary version. Um, she's really, really, it's really hard to sympathize with her, you know. Because she's a massive part of why he became so successful, and the lies he was telling her, for a journalist, should have been obvious lies, like, I'm the Pope's surgeon. Yes, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the personal doctor. I'm Obama's doctor. surgeon. I'm the personal doctor of Barack Obama and B Bill Clinton and the Pope, and we're going to get married uh, in Italy, and the Pope is going to marry us. He's going to perform the ceremony, even though... Were divorcees and not Catholic. She's not a Catholic. Um, she's not Catholic. Um, like, just the most ridiculous stories. And my sense is that she was perfectly fine to go along with all of this because in the, do in the documentary especially, there's a lot of her talking about, like, how amazing it was when she met him because he would buy her so much stuff and, like, amazing jewelry and designer clothes and he took her on vacations all around the world. She was so in love with him. The implication is because of those things. Um, Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe he love-bombed her. I'm, I'm almost certain that's what happened. But still, but journalist, senior journalist, producer. Yes. Um, um, you know, who, who knew to hide it from her colleagues because it, it was a massive ethical violation. Yes, because to sleep with he, someone that you're continuously writing a story about. Yeah, he was a subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, she really only... Um, got interested in the fact that he was lying about things um, when she, uh, <laughs> kind of around the time that uh, he said, "We're well, let's get married, we're going to get married, we're going to have this amazing wedding, it's going to have a guest list of like all the most famous people in the world who you've never met with me and I've never mentioned before that I know them or anything, telling her he's part of like a secret ring of doctors that just treat elite people. With health conditions. Um... Yeah, right, and he's a throat surgeon. I'm like, the Pope's What are you talking about? Um, he, like, don't worry about planning our wedding. I'm going to plan it all for us, and you're just going to come, and also we're going to live in this house in Italy that you've never been to, but it's my house. It totally exists. <laughs> um, <coughs> that you've never seen before. Um, and that's when she starts getting suspicious. Then he cancels their wedding. Cancels. It was never planned. Mm -hmm. Um... And she has, a, like, a friend who's like, you know, the Pope is not going to be in Italy on that date, right? Um, and that's when she started getting suspicious. But it wasn't, like, all the other stuff. Am I making you know? this up? Or did he, when she started to kind of rumble him, did he say, I have been lying. I'm actually an international assassin. There was something like that. Or yes. did I make that up? No, there was something, something like that. Yes, the most absurd shit um, that I think <laughs> nobody would fall for. Especially... What you'd consider a pretty, um... Stupid lie? Uh, a stupid lie, but also just, a you know, someone who, in some ways, is a very sophisticated person herself. Producer, you know. Um, and she keeps... I'm, I'm actually glad that they put this in the show, but in the Netflix thing, like, she wants to keep telling you. I mean, I'm a journalist. I'm an excellent journalist, so it's amazing that I wouldn't work... Because I'm a journalist, like... You're not a journalist, dude. Well, she knows that. That's why she keeps That's saying she it. She keeps saying it, yeah. 
Um, just the real lady, yeah, I find a, I have a real difficult time sympathizing with her. Um, and it's interesting the way that they, just one example of how they um, make her more sympathetic in the fiction show. Um, when she decides to um, go to Italy um, to like check out whether any of these things he, that he's been telling her are true, and they, she like goes to the house that they're supposed to live in, there's no house there, it's just like an empty lot. And then she finds his other house and drives up there and um, he's already got a wife and kids who are there with him. Um, you know, she's like, I can hear them calling him daddy from the road where I'm parked. Um, but in the actual event where she's talking about it on the Netflix show, The Real Lady, yeah. they have footage. It's her and her friends, multiple friends, drinking and driving while dri like champagne and like being really obnoxious and drunk driving around Italy like... It, it's weird. Um, so they definitely softened her a bit for the fiction show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, there's something about that lady that just, it's just weird. I don't know, I can't even put my finger on it. Uh, well, she's a self-interested fako. Yeah, I think that's mostly it. I mean, it. journalist. She's not a journal. She's a corpo. Yeah. It, just, if you have Netflix, it's worth checking out. I can't remember what the documentary is called, but if you just put... And Dr. Death and Paolo Macaroni or whatever in, it'll probably come right up. And the way she carries herself and the way that she's so self-involved mm. is interesting to me. Because I actually feel like she, I, it came across like she really didn't care that much about the people who, um, you know, uh, more or less like strangled to death. Over, after, over weeks and over months. Over weeks and months and yeah. died of, like, horrible infections because of these fake things. Yeah. Was really not the focus of her mm. concerns. So, not as compelling as the first story. Again, not the, you know, showmaker's yeah. fault. This is, you know, the actual story. Yeah. Um, the, the Dunch story is way more compelling because there are people we can really root for who yeah. are... The two doctors, like, who are trying to stop him, like, they, they gain nothing from this, you know? Um... They really like kind of put their careers at risk mm -hmm. to go after him, which they did immediately. And also, there's the um, like lady prosecutor, like yeah. the young prosecutor yeah, who, who wants him, wants yeah. to get him, and takes a risk. Um, she has very little power. She's like a like a deputy prosecutor, and like goes full on trying to do this. I even thought Dunch's wife was really sympathetic, the former stripper who just wanted yeah. to have and a kid dad. and be a mom. And yeah, his parents are sympathetic, and it's like really him, like. And also just the fact that, like, one of the surgeries that he botched was his best friend, who he almost decapitated and um, paralyzed him from the neck down. He just had a bit of back pain that he wanted fixed. So the first Doctor Death, super compelling, in my opinion. I agree. I, I don't think the second season was as good, but the the sequence, I think, in episode five with Yesum, um, yeah. who gets one of these tracheas and then, you know, completely deteriorates over, I, I don't know, like a few months... And you see, that sequence was very effective. That was very effective, very horrifying. Right. Yes, watching. She wasn't even going to get the surgery at first. They were, I thought they were just doing an exploratory surgery at first um, to, like, see if she could get one. And then she woke up and uh, Dr. Macaroni is like, uh, by the way, I had to take out your lung. Went, what? I just removed one of her lungs. Um, and it wasn't really clear why. Uh, I think um, it was because... Um, too much blood was pooling or something. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really effective sequence. Yes. For sure. Yes, he should be so. in jail. Yeah. And he's not. And he's not. He's still out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, spoilers. 
um, yeah, it, it was alright. I think I liked it, but it was nowhere near as compelling as the first one. Again, just the story itself is more compelling than the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's really it for that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, we also watched American Nightmare yesterday, a new thing on Netflix. You want to say what that's about? Um, it's about um, someone who, um, or a couple who uh, are uh, home invaded, burglarized in the middle of the night, and the, the lady is kidnapped in um, like bizarre, a bizarre sequence of events. And then she turns up, like essentially walks home, not unlike the film Gone Girl, uh, a few days later, and the police are like, what the hell is this? They don't believe them because it's because yeah. the story is the pretty incredible. The story of how the the kidnapping happened and some of the events that happened, yeah, the police don't believe them. Like this is like bananas. This makes no sense. Uh, they found it really not believable, um, and basically like went on the news and said that they were that this was all a hoax, that it was a fraud. And then it turns out there is more to more to it than meets the eye. Yes, um, and I. I thought the story was interesting, I thought the people were interesting, I feel like it was too long. It's three episodes at 40 minutes, but it, it felt like there was quite a lot of just stuff I didn't really care about. I think it could have been a really compelling, like, like hour, and a, hour and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, so standard fare for Netflix. Yeah. Um, but th there are interesting elements, you know, the... I mean, when we first were watching it, like, the first... The first episode, just like going through the story, we were like, that's weird. Yeah, that doesn't sound very believable. Um, it turns out they were telling the truth. Um, and the police just did not believe them. And there's a lot of fallout from that. So the story is interesting. Um, there wasn't enough on the actual abductor. Yeah, I really wanted to learn more about him as well. Because his behavior is so, bizarre, so bizarre and irrational. Yes. And like... You know, I mean, with anyone who's going to abduct people yeah they're, they're, um, they're mental yeah but, but, but he wasn't he wasn't just like crazy there was something getting, really weird yes. going on they gave um there was one example of because he'd broken into people's houses before um and there was one example where a woman he breaks into her house at night and um he's like i'm sorry i have to rape you now and she's like, no, I, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And I, he, I was raped and he goes, before. <sighs> she says I was I raped yes, before. She says I was raped before. And he was like, oh, I can't do this. I don't want to re-traumatize you. You should really get a dog or something so this doesn't happen again. And just leaves. Like, some weird mental shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dog. Yeah, I don't want to... Oh, man, you were raped before. I want to be the prime trauma in people's lives. Right. I, it, I, I don't it's know. It's very weird. Yeah, and... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just throw. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should put this back down and have it <laughs> precariously perched on my knee. <laughs> Odd job, it right in my eyes. Um, I did want to learn more about him. Yeah. Because, like, I want to know more about what's wrong with him. Yeah. Um, because it is unique. The, just the shit that he was doing, like, um, it is unbelievable sounding. It sounds like mental, you know. Um, and it doesn't sound real that someone would do that shit. Um, but he did. And yeah, he, I wish there was more. Uh, in no way defending him. I mean, he's in jail now for, mm. I assume, the rest of his life. I think they said 40, 40, 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it sounded like uh, he had, 
I mean, again, I don't know, but it sounded like he had trouble sort of differentiating reality from fantasy. Mm. Like it all, it almost yeah. felt like a lot of it felt like fantasy, you know? Yeah, as I was saying to you, like, um, I, it seemed like he had some issues with like delusion. Is yeah, how it came across, um, and they really didn't dig into that very much. They like mention some of this. They they say that he had Gulf War syndrome. He was a former Marine, and he was a. Um, had a law degree from Harvard, and I think it was right. weird. He was a Marine from 1995 to 1999. Mm-hmm. So how did he get Gulf War syndrome? Uh, I was thinking that too. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of weirdness. I mean, um, he could he... have done, because from what I understand, Gulf War syndrome is to do with handling depleted uranium rounds. <laughs> so maybe he got that from just handling them, and he maybe. it was nothing to do with Iraq. Mm. But... Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. And... Yeah, like, they kind of, like, tack on some stuff at the very end, like, where they're like, he did practice as a lawyer in Northern California and was disbarred after, like, a year. Like, well, why can't we get more of that in the documentary? Like, disbarred over what? Can we hear a little bit about that? And they did say, but they didn't go into it. No, it was, like, just a little you know, postscript at the end, yeah. So, but it was, it was all right. Um, definitely made the police look like pieces of shit out there, except for Hero Lady Cop. Yeah. Who actually caught him because she gave a shit to actually listen to some of these stories and do some police work yeah. and investigating, and she ended up getting the guy. Yeah. So probably loads more women would have been raped and kidnapped if it weren't for her. Yeah. Good for you, nice yeah. lady. Good for you, lady cop. Yeah. Lady cop. I can't remember her name. Lady cop. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Um, <clears throat> anything else about that? No, nope. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I was just going to briefly mention... Settlement survival, but you know what? Why don't I save that for next week? Sure. Um, I haven't played any new games or anything. I haven't really played a lot. I've been very mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. I know. You can, I know you're like I'm really not that ill. I'm okay. But when you're too ill to sit in a chair, <laughs> I think you're ill. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's it. I'm not ill until I'm vomiting blood out my eyes. You are like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, th- thanks for all the questions. Yeah, mm, I think it was cool. Yeah. You can come in if you want. By all means, yeah. Yeah, anything else? I don't think so. I think that's it for me. Cool, well, thanks very much for watching. Hope everyone is doing okay. Staying warm in January. Yeah, stay warm. The worst month until February. Mm. True story, that. All right. All right, thanks for watching. See ya. Bye.